Episode number 47 of The Third Power. As always, this is your co-host, Anthony Avatolo, with my exuberant co-host, Usman Jamil. Oh, I'm exuberant. Man, I feel like there's some magic cards with exuberant with that word. I bet you right? there is. There probably is. I'm going to go look some up. But, we, hey, how's it going? We always used to uh, <laughs> call uh, Orzov euthanist, Orzov enthusiast. Hmm. I feel like I, I've done that myself. Right, How is so. it super it's spelled? E-X-H-U-B-E-R? E-X-U-B-E-R-A-N-T? That sounds right. Yeah, there's no magic cards with that. That's so weird. Oh, well, maybe we'll get some, maybe we'll get some exuberant magic cards here in the future, so. Maybe I'm in the awesome. meantime we can just be enthusiasts. No, that's true. I'd be enthusiastic. Or, or euthanists. <laughs> so, alright, well. Uh, once again, episode number 47, and we're here to talk about what is possibly one of the most exciting sets for Cube in a long time, and that is Conspiracy. Uh, not only are we getting some cool cards for the actual gameplay, but for the first time we're getting cards that affect the actual drafting of the format. Yeah, it's um pretty sweet. I expected it to be not very much of those, and then saw a bunch more, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Right, you know, when uh, Cogwork Librarian first came out, I was like, oh, sweet, it's actually Double Dip, which was like a custom card that, that people made for a while, uh, that, that people ran, like Eric Klug, um, where you can just, you know, take an extra card out of the pack and reinsert into the pack. Uh, and so when we, we saw it, we were like, oh, well, that's cool. Well, I don't think either of us were prepared for the amount of cards and the amount of cool things that, that we're seeing uh, from this set for the draft format. Uh, people who primarily, uh, sealed deck or things like that, maybe this isn't as exciting. But for someone like me who primarily booster drafts their cube, wow, there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, definitely a lot of interesting things. Um, so like when the set first got spoiled and they showed Cogwork Librarian, I'm like, this seems interesting, but it just seems weird, so I'm not gonna include it. And then like, you know, the other ones came out and I think Morrow talked about how I think, like, Sean Main and Mark Rosewater talked about how these cards were designed for Cube. Or at least, you know, they were designed not necessarily sp- just for it, but, you know, with Cube in mind. I was like, all right, well, if they're going to do it, well, here we go. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff, and, and we'll certainly get to those uh, those said cool things. And we also have a new card type, which are these conspiracy cards themselves, uh, which, from my understanding, are going to be on a bonus sheet, much like... Uh, the time spiral, time shifted rares were. Oh yeah, and we'll you know there are there are different rarities of those as well. Uh, we we won't be talking a whole lot about those because they're kind of a either either. You... All right, yeah, let's uh let's start like we do uh, every episode. Let's go ahead and crack a pack. Um, for this uh, crack a pack, we're going to use my cube, which is 
Cube 9029 on Cube Tutor if you guys want to check it out. Uh, and it's about, let's see, 570 cards, unpowered, no fast mana. Uh, pretty cool. So, at least I like to think so. And uh, I've recently been picking up some new acquisitions for it, so let's see if one of them turns up here. Does that make you an agent of acquisitions? Mm. <laughs> I was about to say, did you, was that intentionally leaving that open? <laughs> I'll leave that for you and the audience to figure out. Oh, okay. All right, so there we go. Card number one is Burst Lightning. Burst? A, bur- a burst of lightning. <laughs> a burst of lightning. <laughs> Burst lightning, go, burst lightning. Card number two is Icy Manipulator. Icy Man. I'm going to call Icy Man. Icy Man. That was my nickname in high school. Card number three is Doom Blade. Oh, Doom Blade, 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 Doom Blade. Actually, it's Doom Bot. There's a versus card called Doom Bot. Oh yeah, it's like so, one of those characters in in the Marvel. Right, right, right. Like, so it's just saying Doom Bot, Bot Bot Doom Bot. <laughs> I'd be tempted to Death Metal Growl or some do some kind of Doom Metal thing for Doom Blade, but I'm not really feeling that great. All right, all right, all right. Well, <laughs> we'll save. card number four is everyone's favorite draft card, Loxodon Whammer. Ah yes. As in, I can't believe you got to draft that card. You're so lucky. I guess uh, that leaves me on a tangent. I might go on, um, mm. but you know, we, we'll wait for. There's a couple of things I want to ask you about the crack pack. All right, we, all right. We're done with it. Card number five is Rakdos Keckler. Card number six is Magma Jet. Good lord, yeah. what is with all the red cards? It's a. Uh, it's very red. All right. Card number seven is Raging Ravine. <laughs> There we go. I thought it was going to be Raging River. I'm like, all the red cards, please. No, 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 no. Card number eight is Sword of Fire and Ice. <laughs> we, we got a leader in the clubhouse, boys. <laughs> yeah. Card number nine is Celestial Colonnade. Wow. Card number ten is Koth of the Hammer. Ah, uh, there we go. Ooh, we got I was almost going to type in here for. Uh, I was almost. One pick. I was almost going to say t- type cough of the hammer, but I'm like, no, I'm going to type cough. Right, because it's so clever. Because the Anna, you know, the uh, and the acronym for cough of the hammer is cough. Mm-hmm. So clever. It's uh, it is quite, it's quite clever. Ooh, card number eleven, sort of body in mind. <laughs> wow. Packs uh. Pack's getting severe. Card number 12, Plume Veil. Ah, nice. A recent addition for mine, subbing out Wall of Denial. Uh, Plume Veil went in along with Master of Waves and and uh, a, a little bit of a push towards some uh, blue attacking decks. Possible. Nice. Card 13, Stromkirk Noble. Oh. More red cards. Next green card's going to be like Woodfall Primus or something. Card number 14. Serendib Afrit. Yeah. And the last card. Akroma, Angel of Wrath. Ah, oh, there we go. Alright, so. Hanging uh, on in my cube. 
Still hanging on. Still hanging on. So uh, the questions I was going to ask, um, first before the tangent, um, how has I guess how have locks it on Warhammer and IC Manipulator been for you? Um, they they are still plenty fine cards. They are still plenty fine. Uh, um, uh, locks it on Warhammer still turns games around. It makes aggressive mirrors really swings aggressive mirrors in your favor quite easily. Uh, much like a card like uh, uh, Wolf Run does, Keswick Wolf Run, um, it turns your little dudes into big problems. Yeah. So uh, we've still liked it, and you know what? It's it's a, it's a historically important card as well for me. Uh, same thing with Icy Manipulator. Like I, I just don't. I feel like how can you have a cube and not have Icy Manipulator in it? Like it just feels wrong to me. Uh, but the card is still very good. I mean, it's especially in these, you know, control decks when you're just looking for ways to last, you know, another turn, last to live another turn, live another turn. Uh, Icy has a way of shutting down a variety of threats. Uh, being an artifact, it gets around a lot of protections and enables you not only to shut down creatures, but you also get to top tap problem lands. There's, there's quite a few things you can do with it that, uh, that I think are, are underestimated for it being, I, I guess, quote unquote, slow compared to today's standards. Um, I think if this card were reprinted in standard, you would see it four of in every single, you know, slower deck. It would definitely, I would, I would be pretty happy to play alongside Kiora. Like, imagine that combination. It's just like, well, yeah. It's like, well, you can't, you gotta kill this Kiora, or otherwise you're gonna get a bunch of Hydras. Oh, never mind. Well, now you gotta attack Kiora. Oh, wait. Leviathans, bro. Yeah, now you're getting nine nine. Oh, and the second point I was gonna bring up. Um, I don't know if you saw the tweet that I did, cause I did it kinda late one night. Um, I'm gonna guess. So I, this was all inspired because I did a Moto Cube draft, and I drafted, um, Stoneforge Mystic, pick one, pack two, which is, you know, reasonable. Sure. So that's a good thing, you know, and I, I know you can get behind it, as, as can I. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw nothing for it. So then I looked at the Moto Cube list, and it has 720 cards. Okay. Oh, I think I already told you this. Yes. Nah. <laughs> By all means, though. Continue. I was going to have you guess. I was like, oh. Okay, so, um, so yeah, I, I counted the number of equipments, and I was like, wait, what? There's not many out of 720 cards. There's only eight, right? Yeah, there's only eight, one of which is Manriki Gusari. Right, so seven. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or like a card that specifically deals with seven on the other cards. Right, the card that only deals with seven other cards in the entire cube. Eight yeah. if you want to blow up itself, dude. Well, I was thinking like if they clone it or something, like a metamorph, but if you have a copy of Manriki Gusari with your metamorph, things are not going very well. Right. Things are going quite badly, actually. It's like, uh-oh. That's the... Uh... Well, you know, not only that, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not even going to get into that scenario. But yeah, but and when I saw it, and I'm just like, and then I looked at the list, and then saw it was missing a lot of equipment. Even for a larger list, it didn't have stuff like grafted war gear, which I was really surprised at. I was like, what? No war gear, right? No pro black swords because they're too good against black. No warhammer, no mortar pod, no anything like that. And that that was quite surprising. I was like, oh, that's. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
I don't know if I have really much to add other than that. Right. It, it seems like whenever uh, we podcast, it's, it's kind of like, hey, guess what? We don't like what's going on with the Moto Cube again. Yeah. Seems it's like, like oh, a, hey. a constant stream of what's going on. <laughs> it's a PSA. It's like, hey, here's what's going on. Right. Watch your kids around water. Put put equipment in your cube. Yeah, the more you put, know. Yes. Bum, yep. bum, please. Bum, bum. <laughs> please put more pants in your cube. So regarding this pack, I think the two pants are the cards that are taking, uh, sticking out for me, the swords. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's sword, sword, cop. Yeah. And I don't know, I feel like people tend to overrate body and mind, and I think I'd rather take the sword of fire nice here. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's no way I can possibly argue with uh, a sword of fire nice at this point. Uh, the only thing for me, so as I look at this pack, I'm like, okay, so, if I decide I want to be red, I mean, Cop of the Hammer is one of those pack one, pick one, archetype defining, sometimes impossible to beat cards. Just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at this pack, and you know what? I'm probably going to wheel one of these red cards, too. For sure, yeah. You know what I mean? And two of them are one drops, or like the, one of the more important things you need, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, we have a, a Stromkirk Noble and a Cackler. I mean, maybe someone uh, somewhere along the table takes a, a Cackler if they're in black, or you know, I could see the the Magma Jet walking off just because of the the splashable nature of a lot of Reds removal. Um, but you know, there's there's no way that the first two people aren't taking Sword Sword, who are next to you. You know, yeah. the, the Icy is not going to table. Um, the Magma Jet maybe likely not. So. There is a strong possibility you're going to wind up with two very good cards out of this pack um, if you if you cough. So I don't know. It's it's tough for me because sort of fire and ice is obviously ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, sort of body body of mind also ridiculous just because of the fast nature of its clock that you really only have to hit you know if you hit three times with it even with just a bird of paradise you've won the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so this is a tough one like. I have a feeling it's it's one of those days that if I'm feeling red, I'm drafting Koth and letting everybody fight over all the rest of the red card, or I'm, dra- I'm drafting Sword of Fire and Ice and letting everybody fight over the rest of the red cards, um, and trying to you know maybe get myself alone in white and or black, along with the uh, sword, obviously slamming any sort of mystic action that we may see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I feel like either it's Sword of Fire and Ice or the Koth, depending on my mood. Yeah, I think I'm some just days I just want to attack with you know, I just want to cast a Koth of the hammer and watch your opponent groan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Koth is sweet. So, so there was I'm one time going to be uh, on the fence, but today, if it were me, I was draft. I think I would. I'm not feeling as red today. I would probably take the sword of fire and ice also. So funny enough, there was one time recently I used Koth's minus ability. Ooh. In, in a, so like I had to. Dump my hand, and um, like my opponent played Master of the Feast, and I needed to kill it. So I had to like chain lightning, and then like minus cough, and then because I had a curse scroll, I had to like do the best thing I could do to empty my hand, but I could only do it to two cards. Gotcha. And these coughs minus ability, it's like all right, tempt with vengeance for zero. <laughs> it's just like all this stuff. It's like, and all right, curse scroll fifty fifty. Let's do this. And then I was like, nope. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Ah. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was funny, uh, but yeah, Koth, um, both cards are sweet. And uh, also, did we say this was episode forty-seven? 
We did. Okay, sweet. I know a few episodes ago we we mistakenly said our episode was in the 30s at some point. Oh yeah, we, we are. forgot that we did 40 something episodes, but there you go. We're, we're definitely in the 40s. So, yeah. Um, also, um, before we start talking about uh, Cube, uh, shout out to uh, Jason Murray. Um, I don't know if we actually did before when I got my Cube vaults. Um, we certainly talked about it when the uh, Kickstarter and stuff went up. Probably. So I, I feel like I don't. I think he asked if we did it, and I was like. I'm like, I think I did. So, um, in case you don't, are unaware, there's a, this guy, Jason Murray, who's, who's done this, created this thing called like a cube, like a thing, a cube, essentially a pimped out cube carrying case, like briefcase for people who have cubes. Not, not just for cube, but just in, mainly for cubes. And he sent me one, I forget, several months ago. And since I'm an idiot, I didn't actually say anything about it, but people, you know, IRL have been like, dude, that's really sweet. I'm like, yeah. It's uh, quite nice. Um, there's He posted a site, uh, cubevault.com, or like www.cubevault.com, and I'll put in the show notes. Mental note, put it in the show notes. Uh, pen? <laughs> okay. So uh, I guess our uh, the call died. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm i on an old computer, and sometimes it overheats when I don't. I'm on an old laptop, and... If I don't arrange it just right and align it, you know, with the uh, the rings of Saturn and mm-hmm. uh, make sure that it's, you know, in the house of Virgo uh, aligned with the cooling vent, it'll uh, it'll overheat. So well, I, I, used, I used to have an old laptop um, that when I would put my hand on on like the area where the where the hard drive was, mm-hmm. it would like be very visibly hot. Right. So what I would have to do is I would have to just like get like a small like rocks glass and fill it with ice and then just rest it on there. Whew. And like over the course of time it would eventually melt because it was so hot. Yeah, that's a, yeah, this computer gets ridiculously hot too. This computer was was not made for streaming video and things like that. Oh. Um and I think at some point too the internal fan is kind of busted. You know, I got knocked off the table by the cats one too many times who get like caught up in the power cord and send it flying off the table. <laughs> so it's uh it's not exactly the most durable of laptops anymore. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think of how much was probably salvageable, but um, yeah, if cubevault.com, it should be up. I don't know if it has functionality for ordering, um, but it is really sweet. Like I've had a lot of people say it's really nice. It's very, very well built. Like mm-hmm. I accidentally put a small hole in my wall because I was just kind of walking and like swinging my arm on accident, and just was like, oh, uh oh. I put a hole in my wall. <laughs> so, so cube vault greater than wall. Probably. I mean, it wasn't. It didn't put it through the wall, but it put a little dent, dent in it. I was like, right. And I was like, oh, oh well. Well, I guess that goes to show you your uh, cube is protected then. Yeah, like it's, and there's a lot of room to put like small little boxes in there. I haven't quite oh, figured nice. out. I haven't quite figured out what to do with all that extra space. I've just put a bunch of like random boxes. Like here's a Lorwyn starter that's empty. Here's a. Box for tokens. Like, I have a small token box, which I've used. Mm-hmm. Um, like, an expansion pack, which is so weird. Like, yes, yesterday, um, the reason I don't have my cube with me for Crack-A-Pack is the LGS where I've been doing my cube drafts at Wizard's Wagon in St. Louis. We actually had 14 people for cube. That's just absurd. Like, awesome, I remember, Yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. I sat out because, like, I don't want other people to, you know, I'm not like, oh, okay, you're gone. I'm just like, uh, you guys draft. I got I got stuff to do. 
and I wasn't like unhappy, but I was like, okay, you guys let me know how what happened, record everything, you know, just record archetypes, blah blah blah. Right, right, um, right. But like, I had an expansion pack for because it's 460. Actually, I actually added a 465 to um, account for what's that card? Uh, Lore Seeker. Uh-huh. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but and I had like 90 extra cards to account for 11 and 12. But apparently, I didn't have the contingency plan for 13 and 14, which is which is really <laughs> sweet. I was like, what? Because for years, I would never be able to get any cube drafts. Going, it's like, uh, hey, cube. Hello. Right. I remember at one of the uh, invitationals, one of the first invit, yeah, it was one of the first invitational weekends, I believe. Um, we actually had an eight man and a six man going at the same time with my cube. Nice. And we had uh, the 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 problem, the biggest problem, we ran out of basic lands. Oh wow, wow. Because you huh. know, didn't have enough. You know, forty something of each basic wasn't enough to support. Uh, 14 drafters. <laughs> That's true, geez. So, <laughs> That's yeah, weird. so it was a lot of, okay, what is land counts as this? And the upside down cards are islands and, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as everybody does, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody who's booster drafted has done that from, from time to time. Grab a big sharpie and put an, uh, write an I on your sideboard cards. These oh, are islands. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So, well, cool. Well, hey, so, yeah. let's, uh, speaking of uh, addendums, let's real quickly, as we get into conspiracy, let's just spend you know, uh, a minute or two talking about the actual card type conspiracy, because I feel like this is uh, a perfect opportunity to have an expansion pack for your cube, that this is something that you can have kind of put aside in case you would like to use these, but then you can easily pull them out if, you, you know, if, they, if they get old or if they, uh, you know, if you don't want to use them or whatever it might be, you have people who... You know, are you know have enough to deal with keeping track of their own picks, let alone adding you know yeah. other things to it. So, I, I think you know the actually the hidden conspiracies and all that good stuff are are one of those things that we can do to uh, a perfect. Hey, let's let's do this on the side and not part of every single draft. Yeah, that's true. And also just like the logistics, do you want to, talk, or should we wait till the actual cards themselves to talk about like the logistics? Well, we logistics can get to those. I'm just talking about the actual specific conspiracy cards that affect the gameplay, right? So there's one called, you know, there's, you know, I don't remember the names of all of them. I don't have them here in front of me, but there's one called World Knit, for example, that lets oh, you yeah. play your entire card pool, but your lands are basically rainbow lands. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's one where you always get to go first. Uh, there's one, possibly the most powerful one, which is you actually get to draw two starting hands and get to pick which one it is you want to start with. Yeah, that's insane. That thing is, whoo, oh boy. So I, I think those kinds of cards, we don't have to spend, you know, we don't have to tell you that these, these cards are ridiculous. Um, the only, you know, and they're very binary too, cause right. Cause some of them are ridiculous, like the ones we just mentioned. And some of them mention something like, Oh, Hey, name a specific card and all the copies you have of that card get plus one plus one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or there's one of them. Isn't there one of them that like doubles every spell being cast? Yeah. So it's like your burn spells now double. Yeah. One of them is like your minimum deck size is reduced by five. So you mm-hmm. can run a 35 card deck, which I think is, uh, I think that's, uh, not very easy to see how good that is. Yeah. 
there's one that uh, spells with the chosen name cost one last to cast. Well, guess what? That's not that impressive when you uh, that's not that impressive when you only have one copy of it. Or yeah. whenever you cast an incinerator sor- sorcery with that name, you may copy it. Um, but it's a very specific card. Or creatures you control with the chosen name have haste. Those I don't think are cards that you can really consider um, because they only affect one card, right? Yeah. When you whenever you cast a chosen name incinerator sorcery, you may draw a card. Each creature you control with the chosen name. Now, the only time I can see that being useful is some a token generator, right? Because don't the tokens have the same name as the card? No, uh, there's only one token card, I think, with because like Bitter Blossom creates a card called Fairy, but there's never been an actual card called just Fairy. Mm-hmm. The only one that I think really has that happen is with Crib Swap. It creates a card called Shapeshifter, and there's a some ran- there's some awful creature in Antiquities called Shapeshifter. Okay. But then again, Cribsop sucks, so that's kind of a non-issue. Right. I just didn't know if that if that affected that or not with the the, the creature, if it had that name or not. Because, for example, if you, because I thought I remember from back in the day, and you know, you, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you Maelstrom pulsed the, if someone had a bunch of tokens in play, if you pulsed the Bitter Blossom ones, it would only destroy the Bitter Blossom tokens not the exact same token that might have been made by a different card, because it only gets the one that's associated with it, that that share a, a name with it. Oh, huh. I, I don't. I kind of remember vaguely remember something like that. Um, yeah. Who I mean, things might have changed since then, and it's just to be honest, it's like never really an issue in constructed. No, so cube, really. So you know, I, I don't know if 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 that's ever been a uh, a thing or not. I kind of remember it having some corner case applications in draft, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. Funny story, speaking of, um, I guess this kind of th- like that double burn spell um, in a moto cube draft. Um, you remember Aurelia's Fury, that card sure. that was so many people hyped. So I, um, with Chandra, you know, the four mana Chandra, where you can clone a spell. Uh-huh. I went, my opponent was at seven. So I'm just like, Aurelia, or uh, double whatever, um, double Next spell is doubled, and I go Aurelia's Fury to my opponent's head. And so I do it, and then, you know, with the interaction, it's like, does it for one twice. <laughs> I was like, oh. Uh. <laughs> so, so I just typed, like, um. <laughs> and then I, like, wet the tank. I'm like, because I was probably dead on the backswing. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like that time when... It was somebody versus Paulo during like Dragonstorm, and he like missed, and he just like went in the tank and then still got there. I was just like, "Oh God, can I still get there? Can I still get there?" And I was like, "Oh, I think I got this." And I was just like, "Tap down your blocker, and then like cast a four power haste guy and attack for seven or something." But I was just like super in the tank. I was just like. Oh my god, I don't want to lose this. I'm just right, like, like, that'd be so bad. Right, this is so embarrassing. What is going on? And I was just like, yay, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting cards for sure. But yeah, I think these are certainly ones that you can just kind of keep off to the side and maybe add them only when you, you want to do them, you know? Yeah. So, and I, and I think for the most part, you can, you can leave off the cards with the chosen name type. 
I think yeah. those are all the hidden agendas, right? Don't all the hidden agendas are the ones that have, you have to name a specific card? I believe so, yeah. Okay. So maybe the, you know, the other ones you can, you can play with and see how you like them, but they are, whew, they are real good. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. The non-hidden agendas, so. Alright. Anyway, enough about that. Let's actually talk about the, the actual magic cards. That's true. Let's talk about councils. Judgment. Alright, so this spell was, you know, this was kind of the, started the second wave of spoilers, I think, at mm-hmm. least in my mind. And so Council's Judgment is, uh, one white white, and it's a sorcery. It's a Will of the Council card. It says, starting with you, each player votes for a non-land permanent you don't control. Exile each permanent with the most votes or tied for the most votes. So basically what this card says is, non-targeting Gets around protection, vindicate that doesn't hit lands. Yeah, pretty much. That's absurd. I, and I was actually thinking about this recently. I honestly don't think of all the years that I've been cubing, I don't think I've ever hit land with vindicate once. Oh, I certainly I think, have. I think I've been tempted once after upheaval, but I was like, eh, I'll just kill something else. Yeah, sometimes getting their bounce land is enough to to kill them. Yeah, double stone rain. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm like, one drop, and they go land. I go two drop, and they go bounce land. And I go, blow up both your lands? (laughs) And it's like, oh, right. I guess that's game. And then usually by that point in time. And I think the the one drop and two drop were, it was two power one drop and then the two drop was, uh, the flip card that becomes a three three on its own. Oh, uh, cloistered youth? Cloistered youth. So it was just hitting for five every turn. <laughs> so it was like five you blow up both your lands, go play a land. Okay. Five you, you know, play something else, go. And they're like, play my second land, kill you. Yeah. Uh huh. It's an end game. So Just, uh, no. that, that's when I, that's probably when I've used it. I don't think I've, there's a chance that it's been used for getting people with, uh, who have cast their packs, but I can't oh. say that, I can't say that with a hundred percent certainty. I could see that. Yeah. Fair enough. So, but yeah, yeah this a, thing, this council's judgment, right? So the, in one V one duel, it basically just says blow up a permanent. Who cares what kind of protection or hexproof or whatever that it has? Yeah, and your opponent can like mess up. The only the only time I can really see that being a drawback is like with persecutor, but who cares? Like whatever. That's a, that's super corner case. Right, but then you don't cast it right if you're going to die to it. If persecutor dies, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Right, yeah. like you just it doesn't force you to play badly. You just well, have it's just. To, a- well, in that case, it's just like, I can't cast this because they have Persecutor. Right, fine. But Yeah, but that's like the biggest corner case. Like, who cares? Right. Yeah, this thing's dumb. Yeah, this thing's real dumb. And, you know, what this says to me is, hey, true name nemesis, remember when you used to give death and taxes trouble? Well, nope. now we have a way to deal with you, too. Albeit expensive. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you, would you generally pick this higher or, or like one of the O-ring variants higher? Um, I'd probably pick O-Ring variant I'd higher. I'd probably pick O-Ring variant higher just because it's easier to cast if it's early. Yeah. But if I'm already in, if I'm solidly in white, then I feel like this is the card to pick. If I'm just like pack one, pick one, then I'm drafting one of the other ones just because 
I can play it in non-white primary decks, but if I'm in white, even if I'm in pack one and I'm white and I'm not sure what my second color is, then I'm taking this over O-Ring because they also can't get you back, right? Yeah. So this is certainly the card. And I mean, it gives, and it gives white one of the, you know, if you're, if you're one of the cubes that's, that's playing cards like, uh, uh, Still Moon Cavalier, I mean, if you're playing white, this gives you one of the few answers to, to deal with it. Yeah, or, uh, Blood Baron, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, I've, I've certainly been like the, the white deck and someone just plays a, either a, a creature or a creature with a sword. It's like protection from all your colors. It's like, well, <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm in danger now. Right. So, help. So this uh yeah. There is this... I feel like there's almost no reason not to include this in your cube ex- except for that we just recently got banishing light. I mean, too. So but, yeah. but I, this, this just... card's awesome. Like, I don't know. The more the merrier, right? I was about to say yeah, just the more the merrier. It's a uh, it's sweet. So yeah. It's a nice answer to planeswalkers. Certainly is. We always like more of those. So and, uh, that was my attempt at a segue. <laughs> Speaking of planeswalkers. There you go. So there's Dak Faden. Dak Faden. Now we mentioned this guy. He was spoiled live on, <laughs> uh, on the last episode of the podcast as we were recording. He came out. Um, uh, for those of you who may- maybe didn't hear that or-, or need to hear what it is for the first time, do you want to go ahead and-, and talk about him and, and then share um, some of your, uh, testing experiences? Yeah. So let's, um, yeah, so let me find it first. Okay. All right, I got it. So ah, Jack- <laughs> I hit myself. All right, you you recover. I'll read what the card does. So Jack <laughs> Faden is uh, one blue-red, uh, so three mana, three loyalty planeswalker. Uh, his plus one is target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. His minus two is gain control of target artifact, period. Mm-hmm, not till end of turn. Not end of turn. That's it. And his ultimate, his minus six is you get an emblem with... Whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, gain control of those permanents. Because he's the greatest thief in the multiverse. That's true. He truly is. So, so uh, yeah, this guy's been really good. This guy's been very, very good. There was a, So there was a stream where I recorded a draft, and my opponent had, like, a couple of... I was just... It was just, you know, like... I forget what happened. I was, like... I was blue-white splashing red for Dak Faden. Okay. And I was just like, I'm going to steal your signet. Because he was threatening to attack Dak Faden with a creeping tar pit. And I was like, well, I could loot. And it'll survive. And I was like, I could just steal your signet. Right. Your Demir signet. And, and then he never, I don't think he drew a fourth land for a while. And then he just died. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, sweet. There was another game um, where I stole an opponent's sword of war and peace. And just like crushed him with it. Right now, I, I, ideally, you're, they're casting these things first, and then you're playing Dak afterwards to steal it. They're not playing it right into your guy, are they? No, that I mean that just seems like user error. Okay, but. I just want to make sure that, that that's not the situation. <laughs> you know, just just for uh, you know, if, if people are if people are playing poorly against cards, that makes them seem better. So I just figured I'd ask. Oh no, um, yeah, it was, it was like he. I forget he did something because I. In that deck, when I stole the Ward and Peace, I think I was like red blue or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, never mind. I'll just steal this. And it makes some swords kind of like Ward and Peace was just a wash because it's like some of the wordings say you 
and some of them say the damaged player. But, like, most of the time it's just stolen, like, mana rock. Its ability has actually been quite a bit more relevant than I expected. Like, I almost expected it to be kind of flavor text, but it's been very good. Like, no, to me, the, the the second line seems like where the action is. I feel like the third, the ultimate, is kind of flavor text. Oh, yeah. Um, Emblems are always flavor text. Well, not always. I mean, there are well, some, I mean, some ridiculous ones that yeah, are virtually unbeatable. There are um, some exceptions, like, if you can hit them early enough, like uh, Cough and Cura. I think those are at least a good amount of their, you know, at least it has a decent amount of their evaluation can be in their emblem. Right. Te- like, Temio is, is also a very, very good emblem. Uh you know, I mean, is, I think it's know, every just... Every time you have a card that goes to the... You just basically just cast your spells endlessly, um, which makes it, you know, you don't... Which is a, a game-winning type thing. Uh, what's his name? Venser's Emblem? Mm-hmm. I think it's mainly with those is just the speed that you get them. And it's a lot harder to do... Like, Cough, you can just hit fast. Kiora, very quickly. But some of them, like Tamio, it's the question of how often you hit it isn't as often as something like like cough, but it's still part of the equation. It's just how right. much. Well, right, it's certainly, but I, I wouldn't call it flavor text because it, it comes into play quite often. Yeah. But on, like, the plus one on Dak, um, you know, I was talking with somebody and he thought it wasn't very good because it didn't give you card advantage. Okay. Which is not, I don't really think that's correct because even though it doesn't give you card advantage, like, card selection is absurd. Even in just, like, control decks, you know, right. you're you're trying to find, ditching spells, essentially, you're trying to find what cards that matter, even if the deck is somewhat, can be somewhat homogenous. Well, like, you know, it's a reason why, like, cycling, for example, is a, is great on Acroma's Vengeance, because sometimes you don't need it. Mm-hmm. And so you exchange it for the next thing, and that's what this card does, is it exchanges them for the next thing, exchanges them for the next thing. You know, you don't... You know, if you have seven, you know, six or seven lands in play and two to three more in hand, probably don't need all those right now. So mm-hmm. exchange them, you know, like dig, dig for things, find, you know, find your answers, find your threats, uh, you know, trade in cards. It's also a, you know, for Grix's reanimator, it's also a, a way to continuously have a discard outlet. Yeah. Or even like in a tempo deck, I had it in like a blue red tempo deck where I was just like, or like an aggressive blue-red deck, where I was just like, okay, this it's turn five, I can throw my Jackal Pups out, and then keep like my, my, you know, four drops, like Hellrider or something. I was like, all right, get wrecked. Or, in a control matchup, you could mill your opponent out with it. That's true. That is very true. Right, I don't... Old psychotog- I mean, that's a corner case for sure. I'm, all, I'm, yeah. I'm screwing around here, but, you know, the, the, old, the old Psychotog matchups is you'd lobotomy each other's Psychotogs, and then it literally became who, whoever accidentally cast the most factor fictions winds up losing. What? Because you wind up milling your opponent out because the only, the only threats that those decks had were the psychotogs. So you'd resolve, you know, they'd resolve their, uh, lobotomy against you and get rid of psychotog. You'd resolve your lobotomy against them and take psychotog. And then literally you have no other way to win the game. So what would often happen is you would, it'd be the person, it'd be like a race to, it's that race slash balance to find uh, you got deep your, analysis them. Your cephalid coliseum and stuff too, right? So you, <laughs> so you would deep analysis them and then activate all your cephalid coliseums and you know try to mill them basically for twelve. What? And you wow. you'd wind up killing them by milling them. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's pretty pretty yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was it was some some fun stuff. But also, uh, a quick ooh, one on Dax Fade's have Underworld Dreams. It's two damage every turn, dude. Oh, there you go. That's, or uh, whatever Consecrated Sinks. You you make. Oh my draw. God! You, they draw two, so you draw four. All oh, good lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yep. like I like the way you're thinking. Uh, it's Ultimate Emblem. I just want to touch on that. It mainly, in my experience, has been. Like, if a creature doesn't die to a burn spell, you can gain control of it. But honestly, it didn't really matter much. I was just too busy drawing cards and killing people. Right. I mean, that's one of those things, too, where it's like, okay, well, I haven't found a way to kill you yet. So since I'm at seven loyalty, I'm going to go ahead and make an emblem, but keep them in play. So that way, if you actually do draw anything enormous, I'm just going to, like, arc arc trail it or arc lightning it and something else and just take, you know, take your titan, take this. Like, it really shuts off, you know... They, they really can't, it makes it hard for them to play big threats that can be targeted because you're able to just go, oh well. Because the problem is, is like, you know, a lot of the blue spells, they don't just target things and then not do anything to it. Usually they're capsizes and boomerangs and whatever mm-hmm. else, you know, or vapor snags or I don't know what, you know, what the kids these plays or kids these days are playing, but. I'm gonna control magic it. Right. Hey. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, I'm gonna control. Uh, I guess I get it. Get uh, no, it. Yeah, no disenchant for you, buddy, or whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. You just actually get it, get it. So yeah, I, but, I yeah, whatever. Or if you, what if you target it? What if it's a Kira? Oh, yeah, but yeah, that works. Target, but you still target it. Yeah, because it. Uh, because <laughs> when you cast a spell, you gain control of it. It doesn't target. So, yeah, I guess that works. I mean, because hey. you are targeting it. It just counters it, but you get it because you targeted it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying here. I'm trying. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, Dax Faden. Card's good. Yeah. Uh, Dax Duplicate. Let's talk about that card. Okay. Uh, I, I like it. All right, so uh, do you want to talk about what it is here, or do you want me to? I have the image gallery up. Do you want me to do all the reading? or? Uh, whatever. I mean, I have it up, too. Okay, so. go ahead. So two, a blue, and a red for a zero zero. You may have Dax Duplicate enter the battlefield of any creature on the battlefield, except it gains haste and dethrone. So as a copy of any creature on the battlefield. Yeah. Right. And then whenever it would dethrone is whenever it attacks the player with the most life or tied for the most life, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Which I'm not really sure how to evaluate that honestly because it's so variable on a board state. Right. It could be a thing. Obviously better in the mid-range and control decks than in the aggressive decks, but it's a, it's a catch-up mechanic, right? Yeah. So, uh, there are probably some shenanigans to be, there are probably ways to manipulate that. And we don't have mana burn anymore, so there's not a way to manipulate it that way. Um, but. No Citadel of Pain. Right. But there are certainly, you know, it, it, I bet there there will be times where it'll be significant. But I don't think I don't think we can really base a card's value off of the dethrone mechanic. No, I think with when I saw Dax or a Dax duplicate, I think four mana has always been kind of okay for a clone effect. But it feels like if you copy anything that costs, and I looked at my cube when I saw this. If you're copying anything that costs four or more value because of the haste, it's almost always a really, really good deal. Right, and this one, yeah, because of the haste, it gets you ahead, you know? Yeah, like, 
you know, best case, I remember talking to, I texted Justin uh, Parnell about it, and, we were, you know, we were talking about, like, the Titans are, you know, really, really best case scenario, which is really, I mean, I don't know if it's the best case scenario, but it's a really good scenario. Yeah, but the fact that you get double triggers, I mean, mm-hmm. make it insane. Yeah, like, I'm going to arc lightning for six. Right, or I'm going to regrow two permanents. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to tap down two of your permanents, and they don't untap. Uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, take six. Yeah, take take all the damage. So but yeah, I think I I don't I, it, it, with the exception of Dak Faden, which I think is the best is a card. Um, I think a lot of the other cards are kind of they have kind of a level playing field. Like I think maybe Ralzeric is the best out of those, mm-hmm. but cards like Electrolyze, Is It Charm, Prophetic Bolts, Fire Ice, Fire Ice. Like a lot of these cards are just you could. Include either one of those based on really what your cube needs. I don't really. They seem about even power level wise. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, all right. So and I I think Dax duplicate's probably in that range. It's I don't think it's as good as as Ral's Eric, but I think it's probably on the lines of the other ones. Yeah, I mean I think this card's I think this card's real enough. Um, it, it helps that the blue red guild is just not very exciting in general outside of the first few cards. Um. You know, we have two very good planeswalkers, and then we have a bunch of value spells, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, we we all like value spells, and they're all neat and all. Like, this is something a little more interesting. Um, insofar as, I mean, even if you just think of, I, I mean, think of just like any old creature that comes into play with a with a trigger, right? So, copy your flame tongue kavu, kill yours, and attack you for four. Copy your mole drifter, draw two, and then attack you. You know mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's lots of ways to do this. It's got, you know, uh, it's got blink shenanigans too, right? So if you're like red, white, blue, blink, mm-hmm. I mean, you can change what it is and have it have haste, right? So you can yeah. get yourself another come into play ability and still be able to activate it or still be able to attack with it when you change its identity, you know? So I think that's that's a neat interaction as well. Um, as far you know, because I still do like the blink archetype. I could see it, you know, you cast it, bash somebody with it in your blue-white-red deck, and then venture it, blink it, you know, venture planeswalker it and blink it out and have it come back in as something else. You know, like... Now it's Wormcoil Engine. You're right. Who knows? If Wormcoil wasn't the thing you wanted to attack with. I yeah. mean, but you know what I mean? Like, there's a variety of things I think you can do with it, which which make it neat. And I think the, the haste allowing you to, to activate, to use activated abilities... It's pretty nifty. So mm-hmm. that's pretty. I like it. Yeah, it's, I like uh, it too. Very nice. Next card. What is this? Grenzo. So yeah. So Grenzo. I'm still wrapping my mind around Grenzo a little bit. So it's Grenzo Dungeon Warden, and he costs X red black. And oh, uh, before you talk about that card, mm. uh, look at Dax Duplicate's art. All right, I'm going back to look at it. Scroll back up. All right, I'm looking at Dax Duplicate's art. Okay, now look at Grenzo. Looking at Grenzo. Hey! Yeah. Hey, a second. <laughs> you look familiar. Hey, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot to say that. Hey. <laughs> hey, it's Grenzo. So, so Grenzo, he's uh, X Black Red. He is a 2 2. So, if you wanted to just cast him for a black red, you could, and you could get yourself a grizzly bear. Uh, he enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. And for two mana, you put the bottom card of your library into your graveyard. 
If it's a creature card with power less than or equal to Grenzo's power, put it onto the battlefield. So this card's kind of been hurting my head to try to figure out how to evaluate it. It's definitely a weird one. Um, the, the whole put the bottom card of your library into your graveyard's a little weird. I think it's like that just so you can't manipulate because the bottom is much more harder to manipulate than the top. Yeah, so you can't so, go Volrat Stronghold. Oh, right. hey. Hey, look, free guy. Right, or you can't go, hey, Sensei's Divining Top or Divining Top and put this guy on top. And, oh, look, I hit him. Yay. Yeah, hey, there we go. I mean, you have to get creative, right, with like things like Soul Devi Digger. <laughs> or, I was, there's I was a card s- in this set that does it too, doesn't it? Isn't there? Yeah. One of the constructs puts a card on the bottom of your library, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, like, impulse or scry cards, but for the most part, you you have to play it honestly. Right. So so here's the thing about this card. So it's a it's a scalable creature. So at every your power to converted mana cost ratio is going to be flat across. It's always going to be one for one, right? So, or, you know, so two mana for a three for a two two, three mana for a three three, four mana for a four four, et cetera, et cetera. So he's always fine. You know, what I mean he's always going to be a decent size. So the real thing is how often is this ability going to matter? Because that's where the, the value of this card is going to be. And why we should include it over something like, you know, all the other four mana red black spells. You know, things like mm-hmm. the Via Voldaren and uh Falcon Wrath Aristocrats and you know the hits, they're all they all seem to uh what's his what's his noodle? Uh, red cap, you know, murderous red cap. Oh yeah. Why should we be including this four drop either in addition to or over one of those? And it's based around this ability. I think it's mainly as a mana sink. I don't know if how often it hits, but I think it's, I think one thing that's interesting is that it's triggers with power. So I think it works. You still there? I am. Okay, good. I thought you disconnected. Okay. Nope. So one of the things I think makes this kind of like, a bit of a cross archetype card is that a lot of cards that are kind of value creatures, a good number of them tend to have low power. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, Deranged Hermits kind of guy, Shriek Maw, Necrotal, Murderous Redcap. You know, there's there's a good number of those kinds of, you know, small-ish value guys that are decent in those kind of non-aggro so, things. So Jund mid-range decks. Yeah, like John Grixis, you know, things like that. Um, okay, yeah, I could see, I could see value in a deck like that for sure. Yeah. And like, I think the, the fact that it's a scalable threat, and this is a card I really haven't, I got it in a deck and it was pretty decent there as, as like an aggressive threat. And a lot of the times I, I was just like game, I was playing for fun, I'm like, I'm just gonna try to just put this thing out and then just use its ability. And it didn't happen a lot, but at least it was something I could do with mana in the later game, not gotcha. only with the, okay. it was with the X card and the ability. Gotcha. Because okay. a lot of the times it's just like, um, I, well, I can't really do a whole lot. Okay. That's, that's cool. Right. So it's a, so it's basically it's a scalable card that you're like, if you happen to make it to the late game or whatever in your, even at, let's say if it's in your deck, if you happen to make it to the mid to late game and you haven't killed them yet, it's like, well, at least I can play this enormous guy and then I might just get some value off of, Spending excess mana. Well, I think even casting on turn four is fine. And even, it's something where you can cast it and not nec- like against the control decks with the counter spells. 
with the cow, it's like Bill Cosby or something, but it's just like, you're able to put a threat out, and then you can put more things out without having to commit to casting a spell. Fair. So, right, so you're getting cards without spending cards to get them. Yeah, like you can go, okay, like you can play their game a bit. You know, the whole EOT game, it's like, well, I cast this, you know, EOT... Dig, dig, dig. Once again, let me go ahead and, you know, postulate this. Uh, is this a card that might see some late game value in, like, the random reanimator decks, too? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, uh, it's not unreasonable. And there's a decent number of reanimation and cards. And I'm not talking about necessarily putting it into play, but just getting it into your yard to then enable you to cast a spell to get it out. Yeah, I think that's something you could, like, could be done. I, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I'm having kind of trouble evaluating where this guy is and if I want to include him over some of the other cards that I play in Black Red. Yeah, X card, like, cards that have, like, flexibility are generally kind of weird. Like, they're really hard to quantify. Like, it's hard to really quantify, like, X. Like, what kind of value something variable, like, it's kind of like Dethrone. It's kind of hard, there's, like Lightning Bolt has a very, for lack of better terms, a very fixed effect. It's always going to deal three. Meldrifter's Evoke is always going to make you draw two, you know? Right. It's just a matter of two of, I mean, but some spells we can look at and we could say, hey, we can tell that this X spell is good because at all of these different price points, you're, you're fine at all of these different price points. We've had cards in the past, and I wish I could remember which ones they were, where we can say, okay, at four mana, this is okay, at five mana, this is better. At six or more mana, wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you're really getting something. Well, Sphinx's uh, Rev could be an example of that. Right. So, you know, the, the increasing, or even something like, let's say, like Wolfbriar Elemental. Mm-hmm. Right? So for four mana, you're getting a four, four. Fine. Five mana, we're getting six power. Six mana, we're getting eight power. You know what I mean? Like, how it scales that direction. But this one, I'm just having kind of trouble deciding if the scalability is enough if the activated ability is mostly flavor text. I don't think it's mostly flavor text. It's just the, it's not going to hit super often, but I mean, that's still fine. Right, like you certainly just can't rely on it. You just have to like hope your extra mana turns up some something for you. Yeah, and I think there's definitely going to be some feel-bad moments where it's like, oh, I hit this. Oh, and like this card sucks because of that. Like some people might do that, but this is like, well... You're not doing anything, like, assuming that you're putting mana into it, you're not, and you have nothing else to do. It's like, well, I would be doing literally nothing else. What if you hit the Hydra from M13? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All the plus one, plus one counters. Wow. Because all those cards that are like zero zeros and just have you put counters on them, they're all going to hit. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, what's that, uh, what's that card? Hornet Queen? That'd be oh. cute. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, alright, I guess I, uh, <laughs> guess I got all these guys now. Right. That's comical. Or I guess you mm-hmm. can scry cards to the bottom as well. Yeah. Which is, which is interesting. So, I don't know. I, I think this guy certainly warrants some testing though, to figure out if he's, if he's good or not. But yeah. I, I, I kind of dig him and I'm, I, I wouldn't mind swapping out some of the other cards to, to kind of change the environment a little bit. Because to be honest, you know, and I, I know I'm in the minority for this, I'm, I'm a little, I, I grow a little weary of red cap. Yeah. It's, and so it's, I kind of want to 
change things up maybe a little bit, even though he's obviously very good with red cap in the same deck, you know? Yeah. So and there was another card we were talking about, I think recently where it's like this card could replace this, but it's really good in combination with it. Right. And right. I forget what it was well, too. I mean, for example, like uh get it, Teague plus voice of resurgence. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. Very good. Like they're both very good anti-control cards that occupy the same space, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the example that I always cite when I think of two cards that live in the same, you know, in the same house. Yeah. You know, in the same, uh, or uh, I think it, I think same, it might have been like, uh, what's his name? Apartment. What do you call them when it's just like one room? A studio? A studio apartment. Yeah. Yeah. They both live in the same studio apartment. <laughs> I think it feels like maybe it was Dictative Heliod and like some other five mana token card. Maybe like oh that and El, and five mana Elspeth I think oh yeah 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 okay yeah I was well, like all right five mana Elspeth and wasn't there another five mana token card that was just printed uh whatever Scion of Vidugazi yeah maybe I don't know yeah anyway this guy seems neat though mm-hmm. yeah I like it it's a uh, it's definitely interesting he's, he's not at the top of my list by any means but no but he's all right neat, though Magister of Worth uh, we talked about earlier um essentially a for a white and a black for a 4-4 four, four Wrath of God, except for it. Right, so it's, you know, it's, what's his name? It's a, Desolation a, Giant. Desolation Giant, right, but it's a 4-4 four, four flyer. Yeah, as opposed to a 3-3, three, three. which is nice. So, so it's kind of nice, just a matter of, do you, is, is this a card that you want in your black-white section? You know, do you have room for this? Do you like this kind of thing? And I, I think that's going to be cube-dependent, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, next card. Oh, and I guess we're talking about the robots now. And the art constructs. Constructs? Constructs. There we go. So, Ether Searcher. Alright. What so is e- this? Ether Searcher is the seven mana one. Uh, it's a seven mana six four, right? Yeah. When you draft it, you draft it face up. And the next card you draft is the one that basically when you cast it in the game, you get to go in Mind's Desire for that one card and cast it. Mm-hmm. Am I am I doing that correctly? Sorry, my computer has seemed to have frozen up. Uh-oh. So Don't overheat. Can't, can't scroll the, uh, can't scroll anything. Yeah, but that's that's the card correct. Yeah, and okay. or like, you can Mind's Desire it from your hand or the library. So if you draw your target, you're not totally screwed. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I don't like this card. Because it doesn't do, you know, it's not a draft manipulator necessarily, which gets you value in the draft process. And it costs seven mana. Granted, you're getting something very powerful, right? You're getting a possibly ridiculous free spell. But here's the thing. It's the next card you draft. If you were able to stick any card to it that you take, you know, that you can leave it face up until you get a card that you want to stick to it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's the next card is why I don't like it. Because, like, what if your next pack is just a bunch of, you know, mid-range spells? Like, I'm not, I don't want to wait until, I, I don't know, waiting to cast a seven mana spell just to get another card seems kind of weird to me. It doesn't seem worth, it seems like the potential to blank isn't worth the wait for a seven mana spell. I mean, you mean to wait as in, during the draft or, or to... No, 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 like during gameplay or whatever, right? So, like, if you draw your card and you have to cast it, then you have to cast it, and then you just have a 7-4. Or a 6-4 for 7. 
Because mm-hmm. then it doesn't do anything, right? Because it's already in your graveyard. You're not allowed yeah. to go into your graveyard to recast it, right? Yeah, which is a little unfortunate, but yeah. Um, if you draft this card, you're using a pick to draft it, right? Ideally, you know, with the thought that the next pack, but like well, literally, what if the next pack's full of aggressive cards? Well, I mean, that sucks for you. <laughs> that's you a, I mean, I mean, like you've just wasted this pick now, and that's kind of like a... Uh, and I guess the I guess the list of cards that I want to cast for free off of a seven mana creature isn't that long. I mean, I don't know. You're getting like there was a draft recently where somebody got a Shriek Maw off of it, and that was quite a good deal for seven mana. A six four and a three two fear that kills thing is pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, but I just don't. I, I don't know. I, I guess my 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 tolerance for seven mana cards is is not very high. And it's I, certainly, I'm just not it, convinced that this is enough to make me want to put it in my cube. It's at least like non-embarrassing, like a lot of like uh, some tinker targets, like like Inkwell is kind of like if you're not tinkering it out or reanimating, it's pretty awful for the mana cost. Um, I guess it's kind of similar with that, where it's at least a decent card to hard cast for seven mana. Like you're doing this, and it's. In a way, like Enlisted ult- Worm, but at least you can control it. You're not just like, Enlisted Worm, Elf. Right. Yeah. And if it is, you just don't put it in your deck because, well, that sucks for you. Right. I mean, it's a gamble, but, you know, it's like many things. It's a gamble. Foreshadowing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I th- This, to me, seems a bit too expensive for me to want to go through with it. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. So there. Okay. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I'm still trying to get my computer to unfreeze here, and then nothing seems to be working. Tell it. Hey. <laughs> like that. Hey. No, no freeze. Because <laughs> an eight to my cat works so well. Okay, it doesn't. Because <laughs> they're like, cat. Even like closing it and like you know closing the laptop and putting it into like sleep mode. And then reopening it, it just reopens to the same screen. It doesn't actually ever sleep. Wow. So. That's awful. I told her computers are a little, little, little ticky tacky. So. Boo. So, all right. You're, you're, uh, you're guiding this boat here. All right. So next card, Agent of Acquisitions. Sweet. So it's two mana for two one. Draft a- Agent of Acquisitions face up. Instead of drafting a card from a booster pack, you may draft each card in that booster pack one at a time. If you do, turn Agent of Acquisitions face down, and you can't draft cards for the rest of this draft round. All right, so basically these are the times when you see a pack and you're like, wow, I wish I could take all these cards. Mm-hmm. So you do. Well, now you can. It's like a Billy Mays or something. It's like, and now you can. And now you can with Oxy Agent. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I, de- sweet. I like this card like mid pack. Yeah, I recently had somebody who drafted it in that 12th pack, in that huge draft. Mm. It was like this card, I was eating some barbecue, um, and he I was like, I forget what, I think I talked about something, and he was like, Asian Acquisition sucks. I'm like, why? And he was like, well, I think he said like, I took it early, I took it, and it screwed me. And I was like, what? It seems like he just, I forget what exactly happened, but it sounded from, at least from that, or if he did, he just took it way too early. Mm-hmm. 
and then just had buyer's remorse, which was like, oh, because you see all the cards while you pass the cards. Mm-hmm. So you can just you can see what you're passing. It also happened in another draft where it was a four person draft, and I was like red, like almost mono red, and then I saw a bunch of cards. I was like, oh my god, yes, and then did that, and then unfortunately I had no one drops in red, and then almost all the rest of the packs had red one drops, and I was just like fire drinker Seder, this other card, and it's like oh, god, right, right. And but then I, I never, I never saw another red drop. And you know that wasn't like that doesn't mean the card's bad. It meant no, I no. used it, I used it way too early. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. You know, I actually kind of like this card as one of those. You know, you're between picks six to eight. Yeah. Right. So you kind of know what you know what most. Let's say you're in an eight man. You know, all my scenarios are eight man scenarios. And let's say you, you know, you get through your packs, and then in pack seven, there's you know, let's say you know, using your red deck, you're the red deck. And there are four red cards in the pack. You yeah. know, there's, you know, a, a, a burn spell, a two one drops or whatever. And you know you're definitely not getting one of these cards back. But you know through all the packs that you've passed that there's really not that much in there. You know, you may wind up with, I think that might be the best use of it. The only yeah. other use I can think of it would be if you're, you know, in pack three and your pack is Let's say your deck is already, cause you know, sometimes you just get those drafts where you already have, you know, 20 something playables, but, but by the time you get to pack three and you just see like that double bomb pack mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Good night. Like I'll just take the, you know, I'll just take the, you know, be happy with taking this, this cough and this second sword that someone had to pass mm-hmm. and just, you know, start building my deck early or go grab a drink and have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think that's definitely like it feels like in my experience using it early is is like usually either wrong or like a recipe for disaster. Correct. And it's just I mean and also there's that, you know, there there's like the moments of buyer's remorse too, and it's like, oh I'm seeing every, you know, card I'm right. passing. Right. Like there was somebody who drafted a red white aggro deck and he used it kind of mid pack and he he said there was like Thalia and a bunch of like really good like one threes mm-hmm. in that pack, kind of middle of the pack, and he's like, "All right, there's like five cards from here. I'm just gonna take it." I'm like, yeah, that's that's the way to go, right? And like, yeah, this card, and, and like you might play this in that deck if you really need it, but I wouldn't consider it. Like I've heard people saying like, I don't if this card was like a th- like a with the constructs themselves, or like, well, if this card was a, for example, with this, if it was a three one, I would play it. Let's be complete. Let's be honest. You're not playing any of these cards for their actual value. No, I mean, there's one that you might, but this yeah. one in particular, what you're doing is you're trading a pick for multiple cards that are actually going to make your deck. So you actually don't need to play it. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't actually. The fact that it's not an actual card in your deck matters zero. Like, I guess if you need more goblin pikers, you can play it or whatever, but. You know, or maybe if you're the artifact deck, you can just play it just to increase your artifact count. Yeah, if you need like a, a cheap tinker target. And you'll have like, right, a cheap tinker target, a blocker against aggro. Yeah. You know, whatever it might be. Um, you know, maybe then you can play it. But the real value of the card in drafting it is not into playing it, it's into cashing it in for multiple cards that you can play. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to play it. Yeah. And that's that's as particularly uh, true of a, a couple of the other cards that we're going to talk about here later as well. Yeah. So keep going. 
Uh, next card. I, I like it. I, I'm, I'm I personally think, going to be playing it. Yeah, I'm definitely. I've definitely been happy with it in my cube. Um, yeah. Canal Dredger, four mana for a one five. Uh, artifact creature construct. Draft Canal Dredger face up. Each creature passes the last card from each booster pack to a player who drafted a card named Canal Dredger. I'm wondering what's going to happen with multiples of this in actual draft, by the way. Well, you have to pass it to one of the... What rarity is it? Rare. Yeah, so, I mean, that's rarely going to happen. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Oh, it has some... You just choose which which one. And this is the card that lets you activate your uh, goblin dude, right? Because it puts cards on the bottom of your library, right? Yeah, you can tap it to put target card from your graveyard on the bottom of your library. Um, By the way, um, I'm going to try something. Uh I'm talking about trying cards. So remember how I said I was drinking some milk to help me feel better? Yes. I'm going to mix that milk with some Pepsi Max. Oh, you're doing the Laverne and Shirley special. Is that, well, is that actually a thing? Yeah, uh, Shirley on Laverne and Shirley used to drink milk and Pepsis. Huh, wow. Yeah. I don't feel so adventurous now, but that's actually pretty good. But that was, yeah, that was a, that was a big thing in the, uh, I guess I showed him about what, in the 70s? It was Late on, 70s. You know, syndication, it was in syndication in the 80s or whatever. But yeah, the Shirley Feeney used to do that with her. She used to drink milk and Pepsis. Yep. It's better than, better than Dandelion and Burdock. Yeah, well, given the choice, I can see. I remember we were, I was at World Market and I saw a picture of that, and I like I had to send you a picture. Yeah, it's I was like, like, oh my god, dandelion like, soda. Here we go. I was like, no, it's terrible soda. So I like this card. I think Canal Dredger is very, very nice. For just- okay, so basically, you just get everybody's last pick, right? Yeah, you get all the last picks. So not only could there be some strategy involved, but you're just getting a bunch of free picks, right? For like, if you draft this card towards, like, the middle or the end of pack one, you're just ending up with, tw- if you're in an eight-man draft, with just 21 more cards in your pool. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you gotta, you got to find some playable somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, think I mean, about all the archetype-specific cards that you could wind up with, that you might just wind up with a ridiculous multicolored or artifact, you know, or archetype card that you can play. You know, shoot, what if you're just a five-color deck? Mm-hmm. I mean... If we're just the four or the five color deck and you just draft this, it's like, shoot, man, like, this could be a lot of fun. Like, I, there has to be value in getting so many extra picks, right? A lot of the times I mean, it's but just the only like... thing is that people will, you know, people may adjust their draft strategies, you know, however, to make sure that they're taking powerful cards next to last instead of passing them last. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess that's kind of like a variant of hate drafting, kind of. Right. In a way. But yeah, it's just like, last picks, you know, like, I guess when a lot of times we think of cube, it's just like the the very marquee cards, like you know, Jace the Mind Sculptor and Sword of Fire and Ice, and but we don't tend to think of cards like you know, Jackal Pup, which are sweet in their own regard, but they're like workhorses. And like getting, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sweet. I thought I heard disconnect. I'm like, oh, no, no, but, no, I'm know, good. Just, just getting a lot of nice workhorse cards, like if you're in like the red, white de- aggro deck, and then you get like a. You know, like a trying to think of, you know, just like a lightning mauler or something. Last pick, like a lightning mauler and a Sultari monk or something. Yeah, yeah like a, you could certainly wind up. Well, if if you're a mid range deck, you could just wind up with like a, uh, you know, like some of the solid like three and four mana green guys that just like the green drafter didn't get him back. So you might wind up with 
an obstinate Bailoff and, you know, and, uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, even if they're last picks, a lot of the times, I remember, um, when Evan Irwin used to do a lot of the cube videos, um, when he was, you know, getting really big in the format, um, he said one of the like hallmarks of like cube or, you know, of a good cube is like when somebody sees their last pick and they're like, wow, this disc made last pick or, you know, just like, wow, this is a really powerful card seeing last pick. And right, the, this this card is much more powerful in cube than it ever is going to be in the conspiracy format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my, I'm gonna get a free. Uh, I'm just gonna look through the visuals. Last pick decimate. Oh boy, yeah, great. Last pick, uh, last pick. Cards are rare. I don't. I don't know. Somebody might last pick. I don't know. Is it worth anything? I, I, it's a EDH card. Oh, okay. Last pick. Uh, I don't know. Lead the stampede. Yeah. Like, last pick, last pick howling wolf or whatever. Yeah. Woo. Look at that. I got five of them. <laughs> there you go. That'd be funny. Uh, but yeah, I like this card. It's, um, also I'm wondering if it might help decks, like if people have cards like storm, where those cards tend oh, to get taken last. Right, right, right. And you just get to scrape them off. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, hey, I just got this free empty the Warren. So I just got my win condition last literally free right. so that's kind of cool like yeah, i think that may i'm curious to track how often and i want to you know i will be trying it and i will would like to track and maybe you can track and some others can track mm-hmm. how many of those cards that you scrape for free you actually wind up playing yeah oh uh speaking of tracking data um so shout out some there's a guy on on twitter his, his name is rick stumbo Okay. He's from Kansas City. Yeah, um, so I've been trying to like, um, a cube. I've been using, I think I've talked about it before about a Excel sheet where I track all my cube data from. Where I'm just like, the, the information that I track is mainly like card name, like it's spread out by spread, you know, by, uh, uh-huh. colors, like, you know, Wooberg and then each card. And I track the win percentage and the main deck percentage and then do it that way. But I do it all manually. So it's, you know, pretty laborious process. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, the only way, like most people, I would really do it is when I'm like, you know, you know, just like not much going on. Um, but he and I are working on a program to actually create a program so people can just input deck lists and it does all that automatically. Like Ooh. say, like say, like I drafted a three O mono red deck. It's like this deck went three O. Here are the cards. Boom, here's it sorted. Right. And then you can track the data that way. So we're going to cool. try to work on that. Yeah, it's um, he sent me to a a page where, you know, he, he said, okay, here's how I can, you can probably code it, or here's how I can code it, because I know some coding from, like, you know, from grad school, but my chops are really rusty. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would rather just have somebody who knows what they're doing do it. And, sure. you know, he knows what he's doing. So he's like, hey, um, here's a layout we can do. Let me know. There's a page where you can create layouts and stuff. And I was like... Uh-huh. He sent that to me this morning, and I just haven't had time to do it. But hopefully we can get that rolled out, and then once I do, I'll probably post about it on, like, a blog or an article. And then other people can easily – like, other people can harvest that data for their own cubes. Be like, hey, here's this draft I did. Here's this data, and here's how it is for my cube. How is this in yours or whatever? How is Strong Kirk Noble in your cube or whatever? So that's something I'm definitely interested in. I wanted to – I forgot to put that in the spreadsheet, but – uh, definitely shout-outs to, uh, to Rick Stumpo. He's also from Kansas City, so shout-outs to... He's got a much better barbecue than we do in St. Louis. <laughs> uh, next card... Uh, what is this? Cogwork Grinder. Ah, Judas Priest. There we go. Or a sub. 
So it's a six mana construct. Draft it face up. As you draft a card, you remove, you may remove it from the draft face down. These cards aren't in your card pool. Cogwork Grinder enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the number of cards you removed from the draft with cards named Cogwork Grinder. Gotcha. What do you think of this guy? All right, so this card's interesting because basically what you do is you take this six mana card, right? And you basically the object is to take all the cards you're not going to remotely play and stick it underneath of it. Mm-hmm. And to make your six mana guys as absurd as possible. And then to also take the rest of the Cogwork Grinders. Because oh. it, I don't think it's that big of a deal to take one Cogwork Grinder. What rarity is it? A regular rare. Oh, it's a rare? Yeah. Because uh, yeah, like I feel like the whole value in this is having more than one. So you just have like, you know, three six mana 13 13s in your deck or whatever. Yeah. But I'm so not so sure of having, yeah, like if you get multiples of it, it seems sweet. Having just one, I guess you just have like an enormous idiot or whatever yeah. that, you know, just have like this enormous six mana giganto thing. Yeah. But like, I don't know how many, I don't know how big it has to be for it to be a, to have a vanilla six mana guy be something that's exciting for cube. I feel like I don't eight, know eight. What, the, what the magic number is. I feel like it's either eight or nine. Well, are there six mana eight eights in green that aren't being played? Oh yeah, there's that. There's some like one from from I think it's from EDH. Yeah, Hydra Omnivore for uh, six mana eight eight. Whenever Hydra Omnivore deals combat damage to an opponent. It deals that much damage to each other opponent, so cube flavor. Oh, well, that's in, that's in this, right? That's yep. in this set. Yeah, I tell you, because I knew it was in there, I just had to scroll up to find it, but yeah, and it's yeah, a mystic. So, right, so is that a card, you know what I mean, like, are these the kind of cards that excite you for cube draft? Now, granted, a six mana, you know, what, 13-13, like I said, is that exciting enough? I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's uh, quite big. It's, you know, like... The biggest creature... Like, the biggest creature in most cubes is, like, Gristlebrand. Or, like, uh... So so I guess that's where uh, I'm I'm on. I'm with it. The other problem is, too, is this card is virtually useless if it's opened in pack three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even in pack two, like... Now, granted, if you open it, like, if you kind of get it midway through pack two... You know, you should know where your colors are, so you can probably grind out most of your packs that just don't have a pick in it. Was that pun intentional? Yeah. Yeah, it's a <laughs> grinder. Of course you're going to grind the picks out. You grind them out of the draft. That's what you're going to do them, right? You know, you just, I, I was using the, the card, the card, uh, name as a verb, so. Ah, nice. Right. Like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to mystic this into play. For example. <laughs> Tinker it. Right, right. I'm going to tinker this in the play. Yeah, right, exactly. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but if you open it in pack three, it's just like, there's no way this card... It's it's an auto-last pick if opened in pack three. Yeah, it's like, ugh. Because you're not... You'd have to literally, you know, get it... If eight is the magic number, 
you have to, it needs to be with nine cards left in the back, so you have to six pick it and then blank the rest of your pack to have it be remotely pickable. pickable. Yeah. So, yeah. while it's interesting, I feel like the value would be in having multiples of it. So I'm not, I don't think, I, I think I'm going to pass on this one for Cube, personally. Yeah. And you can't clone it because it's plus one, plus one counters. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a big problem, too. Like, yeah, I think if you cube. clone it, it would be a different story. Yeah, but you get, you get all zeros. Oh, but I guess you can, like, you know, Revel Arc it. That's cute, but very corner case. Or you could Grenzo it. Oh, hey. There you go. Or Dax Duplicate. Oh, wait, that doesn't care. So, yeah. uh, so this one that, this one doesn't excite me that much. Not really. The card that does excite me is the Cogwork Librarian. Right, which we've talked about this one before, right? This is Double Dip. Yeah, it's a common. I think it's the only good one at common. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a hill giant, right? So it's a or not a hill giant. It's a yeah, yeah. it's a hill giant. Yeah, a dodecapod, I guess. Right. I mean, it's dodecapod stats or whatever. Transguild courier. courier, yeah. But dude, Transguild courier is all colors. That's true. All of them. That's very That's true. None of them. No colors. No, no colors. colors. So. Right, so basically you get to draft this guy, and if at any point you want two cards out of a pack, you stick him back in the pack and take two cards out of the pack. Yeah, and I've, I've been drafting with it since, you know, more cards from Conspiracy got spoiled. This mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah, this card's awesome. Yeah. Object, you know, for all the people say, oh, well, it's not playable in your deck. The point is to not wind up with it in your deck. The yeah. point is to trade it. The whole point of the card is to trade it in for a better card. You don't want, it's like old maid, right? You don't want to be stuck with it at the end? Yeah. Also, oh, there was one draft I had recently. I had, like, a really sick red-green aggro deck. And well, the spades, right? In uh, spades. Uh, you don't want to get stuck with it, right? Sh- sure. I never played it. I don't, never played it. I don't yeah. know. So it's, I guess, it's kind of like Old Maid or whatever, a little bit, that you don't want to get stuck with the Old Maid. But, you know, the you get if you get stuck with it, it's the worst for you. If you don't yeah. have all of the spades, if you have all of the spades, then it's awesome. If you have not all of the spades, if you get stuck with it, you're screwed. So uh, this one's not so much the screwing. This is just, yeah, we just ran out of things and ran out of time to put it back in there. But like this card's going to, if it's opened in pack one or even in pack two, it's going to get drafted and redrafted multiple times, which I think yeah. it's kind of neat. And it's going to make everyone's deck better. So I remember a recent draft where it, it seemed like it didn't move. It was drafted multiple times, but it didn't move very much. It was like one or two seats. But you know that card right. is. There was like that red green aggro deck. It was like a very sweet. It was the, it was even in a four pot person pod, um, where it was just like it was very late, and I just was like, I got there was a pack with a arc trail and a searing spear and nothing else. I'm just like, all right, trade. And then I right, go. got those burn spells that I needed, and then it that was like near the end of the draft, and I was like, all right, here's your, uh, can't really do much with it now. And those two burn spells are really clutch for that deck. Mm. Um, so I was pretty happy with that there. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I think it's sweet. All right, so. So we broker, deal broker, deal broker, or broker, deal broker. <laughs> Making a deal. So three mana for a two three. Drafted face up. Immediately after the draft, you may reveal a card in your card pool. Each player may offer you one card in exchange for his or 
in ex- may offer you one card in his or her card pool in exchange. You may accept any one offer, and you can tap it to loot, draw a card, and then discard a card. All right. So this is a card I think you could actually play in your deck. Yeah. I think a three-mana colorless looter, that's a two-three, is just fine as a card. However, once again, you don't need to. Yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily need to. The value in this card is being able to trade something powerful, maybe an early pick that you didn't, uh, you wound up not playing in your pool or you're not going to play in your pool for another card that's very, very useful. I feel like there's a lot of really neat things that could happen here, you know, because one, you're not required to take any of the deals. Um, you could certainly put it up and none of the offers are good enough. Well, no, you can't have my upheaval cards no. you gave me aren't remotely that good but you know people may you know start posturing you know for man i really want that up people or i really want especially if this is like a colorless spell like can you imagine putting a sword up for auction yeah there was a uh, one time i think one of the first few drafts where i just was um i drafted black uh and i got i think a recurring nightmare and then i got cut from black mm-hmm. i was like all right and then I think one of the interesting dynamics and one of the things we didn't know at the time was, like, how much information can you say about your draft? Like, the first time, I think I said, all right, I have this recurring nightmare. Everybody makes some offers. Uh-huh. And then nobody really did. And I was just like, wait a minute. And I was like, all right, hold on. And I think we are talking about it, and then we are like, okay. There's nobody black? Well, the, 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 nobody knew what to offer for me. Uh-huh. So I was just like, okay. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. I'm like, all right, let's try this again. I'm blue-white control splashing red for Ralz Eric. What do you have to offer me? And then there was some, like, really, there were some offers that kind of sucked, and then, you know, just ignored it. Just like, all right, here's a, um, uh, whatever. Here's a stagger shock. And it's like, come on. No. And somebody offered cryptic command. I'm like, okay, sure. Right. Because he was, like, in some kind of, like, reanimation kind of deck. And I was like, okay, sure, I could use that cryptic command. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a nice card to just if it's a card you gamble on and then you lose, it can get some value out of that. Like I wasn't going to use recurring nightmare for the rest of that draft, but you know it had a use. It was a cryptic command. <laughs> right, I turned it into a cryptic command. Yeah, and unsurprisingly, it was really good in that draft deck. Shocking. I know cryptic command so good. Cryptic command being good. And I was almost going to play it. Uh, deal broker, cause you keep deal broker, you don't have to give it up. Mm-hmm. And I was almost gonna play it in the deck, but I was like, I have Dak Faden already, I don't think I necessarily need this guy too. But you know, it was, it was relatively close. Right, and that's the thing, is like, the, the card is, I think, somewhat real, especially if you're an artifact deck, especially if you're, uh, a, a have any sort of reanimation tricks, or if you're just a value deck, like it's just a colorless looter, like everyone knows, like, Everyone likes, you know, draw two, discard two, right? People like that mode. This is just a smaller version of that, and it actually attacks for two in a pinch, you know? Mm-hmm. It has three toughness, so it blocks the aggressive creatures. Like, Yeah, if yeah, I think it's it's quite sweet. Um, you so know, I think it's a very real card. Right, and the, unlike some of the other cards, you don't have to give it up in order to get the value out of it. Yeah. Like some of these other ones, you have to put it back in the pack. So the mm-hmm. object is to not wind up with it, right? Well, this one, you wind up with it, and then you get the value over top of it without having to give it away. Yeah. So, yeah, I like this card a lot. Yeah, it's sweet. It's my more favorite of the uh, 
the the draft interactive cards. Next card, Lore Seeker, which is the reason why I added five cards to my queue, so I could have a 15-card pack. Because I had 10 extra before, and now I have 15 cards for this guy. Okay. So this card, it's a two-mana 2-2. Reveal Lore Seeker as you draft it. As After you draft Lore Seeker, you may add a booster pack to the draft. So, you know, you get a free first pick. Right. And the person to the left of you is happy because they get another free second pick. And, mm-hmm. like, once again, you're just adding cards to the pool and making everybody's deck stronger. And, yeah, I like this card a lot. Yeah, I think it's quite sweet. And, a two, and like, you actually may play the Grizzly Bear mode if need be. Probably not a lot of the times, but, you know, you might. Right, like, I mean, maybe not because you're going to have an extra pack to draft out of or whatever. But That's this true. is certainly not a... I don't think this is a first pickable card unless you're like in pack three and you blank. Yeah. Then maybe we go with it. Yeah, it's like, hey. But, but I kind of dig this. I, 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 I just, I think this card's fun. And I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing about it is I think this card's fun. And I don't think anybody's going to complain about having more cards to pick for their decks. Yeah. So I like it. I think it's sweet too. Uh, next card, Lurking Automaton. Five mana for a zero zero. Automaton? Uh, oh, automa- Automaton? Automaton? Yeah. Automaton? Yeah. I think it's just Automaton. I had an extra T. I think it's Automaton. I think your, your pr- pronunciation is, is, is a bit stranger. I think it's Automaton. Like A-U-T-O, like auto, and then maton. There's no extra. Yeah. Uh, right, but the pronunciation is a little bit different, right? Cause it's automaton. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I, when I heard you say automaton, I was like, wait, what? Like automobile? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it kind automaton? of. Automaton? Yeah, I, th- I think the correct, I'm Autom- pretty sure yeah, the correct pronunciation is automaton. Yeah, there's a song I've heard, I, uh, yeah, there's a song I've heard, which is from the automatonic. Yeah, yeah, that is right. Okay, never mind. Alright, anyway, sorry. Far be it for me to tangent. Reveal lurking automaton as <laughs> automaton. <laughs> I'm gonna say automaton just to just to be, just to be uh, what's this contrarian? Contrary yeah. to be contrary. Yeah, contrary. <laughs> Yo, dog. Contrary. Contrary. As you draft it, and note how many cards you've drafted this round, including. Lurking robot. Okay. <laughs> Lurking thing. Card name. Card name, Squiggle. Squiggle enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the highest number of cards you noted for cards named Lurking Squiggles. Oh, it's a common. That's interesting. Yes. Okay. So here's another good one. That's why it's, you know, note the most that you draft, because depending on where you pick it, if you pick it 6th, 7th, and 8th, then all of them are 7. Huh. Interesting. Right. This card, I think, is is fascinating. And how much does it cost to put into play? Five. So that's right. So it's a five mana, so you need, you, know, you can't pick it any earlier than than, fifth, than sixth, really, right? Like. Yeah. But if you manage to spike one later than that, all of yours become pretty big. Yeah, they're uh, giant robots. Once again, much like the the grinder, the grinder, 
I'm not sure how exciting this card is for Cube. Yeah, it's just a big idiot. Right. At what point? But like you're right. So so what's the correct number? How big is how big of an idiot do you need to have to just play a five mana vanilla robot? I feel like seven seven is the is the size I want. Probably. Maybe six, but I think seven's right. Even though we have a card that's nine power for three for five mana? Yeah. Like and I think that's the biggest competition for this in a lot of cubes is uh precursor. Right. It's like well And one card deals with both of them. Yeah. Granted, you don't get the blowouts if you get you know Smash the smithereens or something. Smash the smithereened or <laughs> you know, whatever else. Yeah. Searing blazed, I don't know. For some reason, I think I've heard that Searing Blaze actually doesn't work. Yeah, someone said it doesn't work. I remember hearing that. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I was like, all right. I think I remember uh, us, us talking about that a while ago. But, I mean, you know, something with a, that does a drawback for you or, like, you know, uh, let's say, uh, oh, I don't know, Prophetic Bolted. Yeah, or Electro. Oh, jeez, or Electrolyze. Well, except for that, you need to be able to kill them. Yeah. Well, if you get, like, Electrolyze, you just, you just like, hey, Ancestral. Mm-hmm. Ancestralize. Yeah. Ancestralize, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, I think this guy, eh, yeah. Yeah, just, like, guy. it's just not that exciting for me. However, that doesn't mean I will not be looking for them at my midnight release draft. That's true. That is true. Like, once it gets mid-pack, be like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, last card. Because once you get it, one big enough, you can draft the other ones early. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Like, yoink. Yeah, because you're just like, you know, if you get the first one and it's pick nine, every one you see now is just a five mana eight eight. Mm-hmm. So you can pick them early if you need to. Yeah. But once again, once I think this card is better in multiples, and since we we're not in the multiples game here, that uh, I don't need it. Yeah. Next card, I think this is the last of the cards I really consider quote unquote good from the yes. set is a Pagliano, the High City. Yes. And I don't know if I, I don't know about you, but I thought of like Paisano. Yeah, that's exactly. Card. I think I even texted that to you at the time. Like, yeah. sounds think, like my my Italian friend Pagliano. Hey, Pagliano, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> I feel like this set has kind of like a like Italian theme to it. Hey, what are you trying to say, man? Trying to say it has, it's all about deals and mafia and stuff like that. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, it's I actually think like because it's all conspiracy because because uh, <laughs> Italian guys are are all involved in. <laughs> Are all involved in conspiracies and Al Capone or whatever? It's like me saying all brown people are terrorists, man. I don't know if I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I was thinking like, uh, what's that guy? Uh, what's that guy? The, the, the guy that's like Leonardo da Vinci? Mu- Muzio? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Muzio. Uh, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, this is Le- this is like da Vinci or something. Well, yeah, I mean, even his name is Italian, right? Isn't it M U Z Z I O? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah Muzio. Yeah, I was like, all right, that's a... Uh, yeah, it's definitely what? Italian-based, man. Man, yeah. I'm offended now. I'm, I'm going to start writing some letters, man. Uh-oh. It's, a, it's conspiracy time. It's a mafia draft. <laughs> Sopranos draft? What's going on here? Sopranos draft. But yeah, I like... uh So that, what's this land do? Reveal Paziano. Paliano. A Paliano at the uh high city as you draft it. The player to your right chooses a color. You choose a color. Or another color. And then the col- player to your left chooses a third color. Tap to add one mana of your man, to your mana pool of any color chosen. 
As you drafted cards named Pollyano, the High City. Yeah, this card's absurd, right? I mean, it's pretty sweet. I mean, it's just a free Triland. Yeah, I, I feel like you're probably just gonna get two colors, but that's probably that's fine. Like you get a dual land. Right. Hey, hey. Right. You get a dual land. God forbid you're in a three, four, or five color deck. One. Yeah. It God. can't be easy for if your opponent is if your opponents are like reading the signals right. It can be possible for them to, you know, cut you off. But, you know, it's also nice to just splash. Let me also go ahead and say that I first picked a dual land or a fetch land on many an occasion in pack one. Mm-hmm. You're just like, this card. <laughs> what colors would you like me to have a tri-land in? I like that. I like that. <laughs> saucy. <laughs> and like... and then as a whole layer, like, are they going to then try to cut you in those colors? But, I mean, you just have a free dual land or tri-land mm-hmm. in these colors. Like, I don't know. I think this card's insane. Like, I, I'm, I'm not buying, you know, the logistical yeah. part so, of it. Uh, like, we remember so many things when we draft magic cards anyway. So a like, uh, big he, deal of just remembering that this card is, oh, this is a red, white, and blue land. Okay. So here's what you do. You find a piece of paper. You tear it. And then you write the lo- the colors, because that's what I've done. Like, all right, here's some paper or a post-it note. All right, red, blue, white. Stick it in there. Good good to go. Ooh, Same thing with, right. like, Ether Searcher. It's like, all right, what does Ether Searcher get? All right, Shriek Maw. I'm going to write Shriek Maw. Slip in the sleeve. Piece of paper in the sleeve, right. Yeah, and it's like that, that requires, and it requires at least, you can't, like, have the, like, Super portability of just being able to just plop down and play anywhere without any other tools. But I mean, also cell phones. Like most people, I assume have some kind of Hello, smartphone. Brains. People yeah. have brains. Hey, this card is Doran colors. Yeah. I mean, this I is think... Rixus. This is Jund. Yeah. This is Naya. I mean. Or, you know, any sort of things. Like, I have uh, magic poker chips that have, ah. like, the mana symbols on them, the mana colors on them. That's you cool. You just pull the three out that your land is. Yeah. Or just send a text to yourself. That's what I would do. If right. I, if I didn't have any paper, I'm just like, all right, Pollyano is. And I would, you know, make a note of it. It's like, all right, everybody, what is this? And they're, like, red, white, right. blue. It's like, all right, I'm or sending a text to myself. You grab three basic lands out of the land box and put them in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's guess... any number of ways to make this very easy to deal with for the great value that you're getting out of having a free Triland. Yeah. Sounds pretty sweet. I like it. So, yeah, this card's awesome. So. so the way we divvied it up is we kind of went for the cards that we thought were, like, very good, and then, like, the cards are okay, which we can skim over. Because, you know, we've had these episodes that are, like, three hours long. Right. And we're, right. like, hour two, and it's like, oh, we still have to talk about the red and green cards. Jeez, what do we do now? Right, right, so, right. Well, I, I put, like, those, these, the cards we talked about now are the cards I consider probably the best cards from the set. Mm-hmm. And the other ones are just kind of, like, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, I times we can, like... The couple that I wanted to mention briefly, um, I think Brago, King Eternal, I think that's his name, is pretty yeah. interesting. Uh, Brago is a four, so it's what, two white, blue, two, four flyer 
whenever mm-hmm. it deals combat damage to an opponent, you can blink any number of your non-land permanents. Yeah. I don't know. That card seems sweet. Like, it, it's, it's just, not super powerful, and it's not, you know, it, it's not, like, real obvious of how good this card could be or is not. But I think there is, could be a lot of value to be gained. Unfortunately, I think this is maybe just a little bit too late. Had this card come before Return to Ravnica, yeah. I think it'd be almost an auto-include. But with Supreme Verdict and uh, Sphinx's Rev. Here, and Sphinx's Rev coming in, I think this makes it makes it a tougher sell. However, if you do support like the blue tempo stuff, the blue tempo slash aggro type things, I think this could be a very good card for you because it allows you to attack and still be back on defense. Or just a blank die too, just like well, value just blank your creatures. Value blank. Right, exactly right. Like, okay, well, I mean how imagine the landslide, how difficult it is when you're like Brago turn four, okay? Moldrifter turn five, attack you, blink Moldrifter, and blink Brago. Mm-hmm. I just drew four cards. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Or, you know, turn three, you know, even with a kitchen finks even, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of, like, incidental value you can get of, okay, well, this happened. Like, hey, I attacked with my Brago and my kitchen finks, and you blocked my kitchen finks and killed it because you didn't want to take the damage. But now my kitchen finks died. But hey, now I'm going to just blink it anyway, so now I've gained four life this turn, reset my Kitchen Finks, have it back on defense. It's a three-power guy again, and, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I certainly think if you support, like, the, you know, the, the Blue-White or the Bant Aggro or something like that, I think this is a nice addition to those sorts of decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, I could see maybe resetting your Master of Waves. Yeah. <laughs> I could, you know, because either one, you've lost some tokens in combat, or two, maybe you just have more devotion now. So well, Brago counts as devotion. Right. I mean, Brago himself counts, yeah. Or, or maybe you're blinking, you know, or, you know, there's all the value guys you're blinking, or maybe you're, I mean, shoot, maybe you're just blinking your wall of omens. Mm hmm. Yep. I, I don't know. It seems like there's good opportunity for this guy to be good. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to try him right off the bat. However, I think if I see an opportunity to pick a foil one up, I will certainly get him on the bench so that he can be tried out at some point. Because I feel like there's potential there. And thankfully, he has four toughness and he has flying. So he's got evasion. So he's got kind of two of the right things that he would need to make him effective. I think he'd almost be too good if he were a 3-4. Yeah. God forbid. That's true. Cool. Yeah, that would be pretty gross. So, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of, di- I kind of dig him. I just don't know if I dig him en- enough to put him in over some of the other cards right now. But I could, I, with the addition of Banishing Light and with the addition of this new white spell, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I could be convinced to take out Sphere. Maybe. Yeah. That, I mean, that's certainly a thing. I, I don't know. You know, like how many. Even though, of course, like I said, more the merrier, but maybe in order to mix up the archetypes a little bit or kind of diversify, maybe maybe that's a choice you could make. One, mm-hmm. could, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess true. I'm just a little optimistic. I guess I'm optimistic about him after initially kind of downplaying him when I saw him. Yeah, I think it's mainly just like kind of like Magister Worth. It's a good card. It's just a numbers game mainly. 
Right. And but to be honest, blue white's got some good ones, but for the most part, the blue guilds are the weakest of the two color combinations. Which is so weird. Considering how strong blue is in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like that blue green kind of lags behind, blue red lags behind. Like blue white was kind of sucky until we got three cards for it, three potential cards for it just in the past, you know, within the past year and a half. Um, but I, I, I certainly think this is something that could be played if you're looking to branch your blue section out of just countering spells, blowing everything up, and playing big dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you also get to reset your planeswalkers, too, if you wanted. Yeah. Use them again. I was just going to say that, too. Yeah, just like brainstorm, do, attack. Now, like, they, come, they come back in at the end of the turn, right? I thought it was immediately. Or is it immediately? I don't know. Look, because Let's that's important. Out. Walkers. Let's find out. Because, like, uh, Vents or Planeswalker is at end of turn. They come back. It's uh, immediate. Oh, yeah. So, so sick. So, mm-hmm. red, white, and blue deck. Tap your, you know, Lightning Helix, your thing with my Johnny Vengeant blanket. Okay, now tap that thing. Or Lightning Helix mm-hmm. thing. Or... You know, I don't know. There's there's a lot of uses for for those kinds of things. I would think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of game with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the fact that you does it right away, let that lets you reuse things like planeswalkers is uh kind of like flicker wisp, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, so yeah. 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 That's sweet. Uh, the custody squire. It's it doesn't really have much hope in making regular cube, but that card's absurd. I assume it's gonna be absurd in popper cube. Do you see that the the grave digger? Yes. Yeah, it lets you like pick card types or whatever and everybody returns that card type. Oh no, it's just you. Oh, it's just you and everybody picks a card type. Yeah, so it's like uh it's like five a four and a white for a three three flying, and when ETBs each player votes for artifact creature or enchantment in your graveyard. Oh. So one yeah. to one, you're just like Do they choose did, so do you choose or does just your opponents choose? Starting with you. Oh, okay. So you start. Okay. Uh, and I think all of these, like Will of the Council ones, you start. Okay. So, so everyone like, knows what you want. Yeah. Gotcha. And then they can't really stop it. Right. Which so is you're nice. basically going to, so it's a, so it's just a grave digger for any type. Yeah. I mean, it, it's only those three, but for the most part, that's what it's going to be anyway. Right, right. For those three things, you get to say, okay, well, I want this. Ergo, yeah. I'll get this. You get to like be Veruca Salt or something. Yeah. It's like, I want a creature. I want it, daddy. <laughs> I want a creature, daddy. <laughs> Alright. Uh, what else is there? Uh, well, there's Moose the, show. okay, so there's the four, 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 four. Yeah. That you have to, it has to attack every turn. I mean, don't we already have Suchi? Yeah, I guess. I mean, we got that. What rarity is this thing, though? Let's find out. I, think I don't think it's, it's a rare. It's so uncommon. I, I mean, is that is it good enough for those kind of cubes? Does it? I mean, it might be. Four four. I mean, a four 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 that's usable in any color. Yeah, maybe. Suchi. What rarity is that? Oh, Suchi is an uncommon. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often that gets played in a lot of cubes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we that should art. ask a ask a clue. That art. Is. Yeah. Wow, that art is. Oh, it's, and it, and it's a construct too. That art. Jeez, that's beautiful. Suchi's art. Yeah, Suchi's got sweet art. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these Cogwork Spy, a lot of these, there's some that just don't have much, even draft impact, like Cogwork Spy 
It's like as you draft it, you may look at the next card drafted from this booster yeah, pack. Yeah, like, that card's kind of neat. I mean, I guess that's cute, but it's not, it doesn't seem worth a space in a cube. It's like, oh boy, what did my opponent take? Oh, it took a uh, lightning bolt. That's cool. Right, or can't you do, there's, I, I think there's one of the other uh, cards, too, that lets you look at what people are doing. There's one that, like, you can look at a um, any unopened booster pack in the draft or any booster pack not being looked at by another player. So it's like, oh, hey, what is this person passing? Oh, that's cool. Like, that's, I, I don't know, that's that's a magic card. Okay. Yeah, you know, I for like regular draft or whatever, I think that could certainly be something that's that's interesting because you can say, oh, well, look at this pack. Oh, look what they took out of it. I know that they're in this color. Yeah, but yeah, kind of meh. Coercive portal. Um, essentially, you know, four mana artifact. Uh, you can blow everything up, flavor text, or during your upkeep, draw a card. So that's not bad. It's like. Bottled Cloister, but better. And Wait, so what in... is it? What does this card do? I don't think I've seen this card. Okay, so at Corsair Portal, four mana, artifact, Will of the Council. At the beginning of your upkeep, starting with you, each player votes Carnage or Homage or hom- Homage? Homage. Homage, yeah. Carnage, if Carnage gets more votes, which this means it won't happen, sacrifice Corsair per- Portal and destroy all non-land permanents. Okay. If homage gets more votes or the vote is tied, draw a card. So essentially, on your upkeep, draw a card. Oh, okay. So it's a, you're a personal howling mine. Yeah, or like bottle of cloister. Yeah, bottle of cloister, but you don't have to give up your hand. Yeah. Well, this seems like a natural upgrade to bottle of cloister. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And then so every that's... and then every once in a while, maybe your opponent's like, "Yeah, screw it." <laughs> Or you're, or you're like, oh, let's blow up the world. And the opponent's like, um, what? What do I do? <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't let you do that. Right, I'll let you draw a card instead. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about Muzio? Muzio. Muzio. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so, so Muzio is a 1-3 for 3 mana, is that right? 1 blue-blue? Yeah. And he's got a four mana activation cost, which is three and a blue. Uh, and he says, uh, is it look at the top X cards where X is the, uh, the highest casting cost artifact you have in play? Yeah. And then you may reveal an artifact from among them and put in your hand. Oh yeah. Put it into play. Put it into play. Yes. And that's on the bottom. Okay. Right. So this is, this is kind of the card I feel like, uh, what was the one from, uh. Grand the, Architects? No, no, no. There's the one from, uh, Shards Block that you pick up an artifact and put another artifact into play. Oh, Master Transmuter? Yeah. I feel like okay. this is the card Master Transmuter wanted to be. Yeah. Like, he doesn't count as an artifact himself, but, I mean, shouldn't be too hard to find, you know, artifacts to put into play. Yeah. I mean, even just, like, mana rocks that cost three or whatever. Like, hey, I'm going to pay four mana and look at my top three, and oops. Hey, here's a mana rock. I mean, if you're right, here's a mana rock. Hey, look, here's a, oh, look, hey, we found our worm coil engine. Oops. Mm-hmm. Without spending a 
card to do it. I'm certainly intrigued by this card, and I don't think it's necessarily good enough for a cube, um, for traditional cubes. I think it's possible that it's good enough for a combo cube if there's an artifact deck. Yeah. Um, I think uh, if you have an artifact theme, I think it, it's possible to, to do something with this. But I don't know. Like it's, I mean, granted, it's seven mana to do something with it, right? So it's three mana to play it and another four to activate it. But I certainly think this card is intriguing, even though I don't think it's necessarily good enough, uh, mainly because the three toughness is kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah, kind of meh on that guy. But, uh, but this card is a, I mean, this card's a beast. I mean, if you're, I mean, think about it. If you, it could ramp up very quickly, right? So you look at your top two and you hit a four. Then you look at your top four and you hit a six. And then you look at your top six and hit, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. It's a way, once again, to generate cards without spending cards. Yeah, kind of like Grenzo in a way. Right. It, you can do it without, and in blue, you can be like, oh, you didn't play anything for me to counter. All right, Mana Rock. Right, end of turn, let's take a look, you know? And it's like, oh. So, I don't know, I kind of dig it. Yeah. Uh, plea for Power, um, upgraded to Concentrate, but nobody's really playing Concentrate. Right. Uh, what else is there? Tyrant's Choice. Um, do, so, did you ever, um, there's like a roast beef restaurant, I think it's St. Louis local, called Lion's Choice. Lion's Choice, okay. I don't know, have you ever heard of I it? I have not heard of it. Alright, that's, that's all, I mean, it's not bad, it's alright. Yeah, that's Tyrant's Choice. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of, was like Lion's Choice. Uh, yeah, so. Shout out to all the uh, St. Louis folks out there. Yeah, all, all one of you who's probably listening to this. <laughs> Uh, if torture, include yourself. Oh uh, yeah, so shout out to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to zero people. So what's this? Uh, so the the actual relevant mode is each opponent loses four life for one and a black sorcery. Mm-hmm. All no. right, so so this is a very neat burn spell, right? Yeah. Because in red, this exact card does four damage to both players. Yeah. Which is Flame Rift, right? Mm-hmm. So it actually just hits both players, and it's unfortunate. But it was was played quite a bit. So now, instead, we have this card that basically just does four damage to them for, you know, a, a single card. I mean, and two mana. That card's pretty cool. The problem is, is that unless you're supporting, like, the burn deck archetype and you're playing, like, Bump in the Night and Lava Spike and things like that, I don't think this card could possibly fit into a cube. Yeah. However, I kind of wish... It, it kind of makes me wish that uh, it were modern legal for, like, the red-black burn decks. Yeah, like the Bump in the Night deck. Yeah, like the... Just play the most amount of bumps and Lava Spikes and... Man, that mm-hmm. would be good. Yeah, that would be sweet. Uh, I, I honestly don't really know what to think of the next card. Okay. The, uh, Traitorous Ogre. Treasonous Ogre. Okay. Uh, what is this thing? Okay, so it's three and a red for a 2-3 dethrone. Pay three life, add a red to your mana pool. It's free. You know, like, once you cast, I mean, free effects are, you know, historically, undervalued when they first came out. Like, Necropones, everybody thought it sucked. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, 
I don't know. Is this uh, good? I have no idea, but I don't know. Like, it's definitely not a card for the aggressive decks, that's for sure. Well, no, and the other thing, too, is is that at that point in the game, well, so you cast your four drop, right? So you cast your four drop, and then you have, like, uh, ostensibly you have this this red mana available to use for other things. Um, one, how much life are you willing to spend at that point in the game? Because three life is adds up quickly. I mean, yeah. it's fine in a pinch or whatever, but two, three is not an impressive body for four. Um, I mean, I guess when you untap, it lets you go from four to six. Yeah. Or I guess like... four to seven if you want to push it. But like, I don't, this isn't a card that you can be like, oh, well, let me go ahead and play my four drop and activate it four times and play this other four drop. Mm-hmm. Because 12 life is a lot. Yeah. Unless your opponent's like super dirtle. Super, super dirtle. Or they have, what's his name and, you know, ways, but you know, you can't even pay life after a certain point to get, it's not like you're taking damage, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, they have Persecutor in play, Fireball you for a million. Yeah, we. So, I don't know. Although, sometimes I am a fan. I, I probably am oh. underestimating it, to be fair. I don't think it's that good either, but it, it feels like whenever an effect is underrated, in general, it's like free effects. And it's another one of those which is kind of, it's hard, harder to evaluate, you know, like free effects are, you know, kind of hard to really quantify. But I don't know, I really do not like, I don't know, it feels like it's just not worth it. Yeah, I don't, and especially for me, I look then at the competition in blue and red four drops and it's just like, no way, there's just not room. Yeah, no. It's not exciting enough for me to try to make room for it against some of the Red's other four drops, so. Yeah, even like Hellrider, etc. Yeah, like Flame Tonkabu and... Um, but yeah, that's about that's about all I have to say about that card. Yeah, um, not, not that exciting. There's uh, Marquesa, the Black Rose, yeah, which is kind of a cool uh, Grixis card, but it's really not good in aggro. However, it is comical with Undying. <clears throat> wow. Wow. I'm, or he could, uh... Get the four color deck with a, a Johnny, with a Johnny whatever's, <laughs> or five mana or five colors with the uh, oh. the newest the Johnny right right with the Johnny Mentor of Heroes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like the there there's an infinite life combo there if you just have a sacrifice outlet Marquesa and uh, the kitchen things no the no the the three drop uh, vampire the three drop zombie black 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 oh uh, messenger. messenger. Oh, that's cool. Right, because it comes back into play. It's got a counter on it. They lose two. You sacrifice it. It comes back into play because it had a counter on it. And then it comes back into play without a counter. So it's just an infinitely, you just infinitely drain them out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I thinking of that correctly? That sounds right, yeah. Because it says creatures with plus one, plus one counters, when they die, it comes back into play. Yeah. Return that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah. And then it gets a plus one, plus one counter. At the beginning of your next end step. Okay, so you have to, so you don't get to do it immediately, but you can do it every turn, you can do it every time on your turn, you can ding them twice with it. Yeah. So it eliminates you from going infinite that turn with it. Okay, fair. Yeah. So it's just, it's a grind engine, I guess. Sure. That's fine. But, you know, once Uh, again, not, not that thrilled by that card. A flame right is a card that's interesting for like red token, but just Boros is so Absurdly good. Well, and now, also but, too is that you have to tap the card to get it to do things. 
If it was, an, if the, if one of the abilities was a non, so for example, if the sacrifice a creature with defender to deal a damage was a non-tapping ability, I think you have something. Yeah. I mean, I think, I wonder if it is, has more traction because of like cards are like Perforos and Goblin Bombardment, but still, Boros is, whenever they have just like Assemble a Legion. Right, or right, you just. Anything? Right, exactly. If I'm worried about that, I just play Assemble or even like, uh, Shoot, uh, Rise of the Hobgoblins. Mm-hmm. Play that card too. Perforos Rise. Perforos yeah. Rise. Take 12. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Marchesa Smuggler. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. Makes your guys have haste and they can't be blocked. Oh boy. Yeah, awesome, but it's got D, it has Dethrone. Yeah, oh yeah, it has Dethrone. It's, it's like a blue and a red for a 1-1 Dethrone. And then spend one, a blue and a red, target creature you control, Gains haste until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn. That's interesting, but it just seems so man intensive. Right. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, Let's see. Uh, oh. oh, Predator's Howl. The, uh, make a dude and then morbid card. Right. So, you know, there's the, I, I've, it, it makes a wolf, right? So, uh, Predator's Howl. Let me, let me read it so we don't just keep talking. So it says, it's three, three in a green, put a two, two green wolf token on the battlefield. Which sucks. Morbid put three two two green wolf tokens. If a creature died, die, right? Because that's the morbid trigger. Here's the problem. Yeah. I wound up taking, I think, all the. I don't. I don't think I have any morbid cards left in my cube. They never impressed that much. Like I recently got rid of the three mana burn spell that does three or five. Yeah. I don't know. Just never did five. Like when it matters. I found. I found it that mostly was just like a lava spike or whatever, lava axe. Right. I mainly just did it for the head. It was like, it was like a split card. It was like, deal three to a dude or five to the head. Yeah. Which is, which was not bad. It just, and I ended up getting cut from my cube just based on numbers. Yes. I was like, well, I gotta cut something. Right. Like with new cards coming out, just like other things were more exciting. So off it went. Yeah. I was like, well, that's unfortunate. See ya. So. But yeah, yeah, this, uh, I don't know. I this mean, it's least... a lot of cards for a summer set. Yeah. A lot of cards. I think this set is awesome for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely sweet. Um, even, oh, and squirrel tokens. We're gonna finally get some squirrel tokens because squirrel nest. Right, squirrel nest in there. Yeah, speaking, I mean, there are just a ton of reprints. Um, the one, perhaps one of the biggest one is that you guys are gonna be able to get Foil sulfuric vortexes for a price less than forty dollars. What? Yeah, so foil sulfuric vortex is like thirty five, forty dollars. I actually had someone try to trade for one the day before they spoiled it. Someone tried to trade. I had an extra. I have an extra one and tried to trade uh-huh. for it out of my binder, and it's like, yep, thirty five, forty bucks. That's crazy! Yeah. Wow. So that reprint is going to suppress, although it's a different border. I, I kind of like the newer border, yeah, to be well, honest. The, well, the problem, the nice thing about the new border is that the actual vortex is going to be all foily. Oh, jeez. So, that's beautiful. So that's going to be a nice one. Uh, just for constructed players in general. I mean, we're going to get our first foil exploration. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. We're going to get, uh, pernicious deed and foil pernicious deeds. Yeah. With original art back into the fray. We're going to get, uh, stifle. There are lots mm-hmm. of players that hate- like Stifle. We're going to get foil Edricks that don't have to come in a ridiculously expensive box set. Mm-hmm. Um, Marari's Wake. 
that aren't Pro Tour Morari's wakes. They're yeah, like, brains. Expensive. Like, Brainstorm. you're going to get foil altar of dementias for people. Mm-hmm. Which that card's going to be a thing. Source plowshares. Yes, we're going to get new soil floors plowshares. We're going to get new foil reflecting pools. Oh, yeah, I wonder if it's all the white mana. Right. <laughs> I get a feeling they may be fixing that this time around. Oh, foil core chant. That's probably going to be insane yeah. for Popper King. Because that art is, that card's nice. Foil, Route. Foil Sakura Tribe Elder. Yeah, foil new art Route. Yeah, that art is... Whew, yeah, that art is a, real nice. Brainstorm. There's a new elephant crazy. guide. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of really nice... I mean, right, Brainstorm. I mean, if nothing else. There's going to yeah. be a lot of cards in here that <clears throat> people are going to be very happy to see, not only printed again, but printed Brimstone Volley. It's actually in the set. Uh, yeah. Are, are going to be very happy to see reprinted slash printed again. Vampire Hex Mage. Was uh was Ill-Gotten Gains? Ill-Gotten Gains has never been a foil, so that's another good one. That's what I was thinking. Yep, yeah. that, that one's awesome. Uh, we're going to get more foil phages. Yeah, which is not a zombie anymore. So. <laughs> uh, there was like some minor stirrings about that on the MTG subreddit. They were like, it's not a zombie anymore, because I guess that matters for EDH. And I was like, oh, all right. Foil misdirection? Hello. Yeah, that's going to be. That artwork's sweet, nice. too. Yeah. Yeah, there, this is going to be a, oh, full factor fiction. What have I forgotten? The Jace factor fictions are going to be foil. Yeah, that's true. So you're going to have like foily, like glowing hand and foily face. That'll be nice. Jace, yeah. Cause I remember seeing that artwork and being, when it came out in the dual deck and being like, man, I wish this came in foil. Well. Yeah. I must say they are doing a really good job with foils now. Mm-hmm. Before they were just kind of like, okay, here's foil background. Okay. Here you go. But like some of these, like Elvish Aberration, probably is going to look really good in foil. Yeah, the, the Council's Judgment's going to look sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like one of my favorite foils was Foil Roar of Reclamation. Which is that one? Uh, it's the one that uh, brings back all your creatures or all your artifacts or all your permanents that went to the graveyard. Hold on. Yeah, let's, I'm going to check that out. All right, so Roar of Reclamation is five white-white. Each player returns all artifact cards from his or her graveyard to play. Oh, okay. But it's got this big swath across it. Yeah, that wow. Really, that looked really cool in foil. I remember when that, that card came out. So. Yeah, that would look nice in foil. But, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh... I hope I uh, lots of people. I hope lots of the product is opened, and I hope uh, people draft it a lot. And I hope I can convince people to play it one v one instead of playing it in multiplayer all the time. So yeah, one thing I'm wondering with uh, the conspiracy cards in terms of price, I'm wondering if a lot of the draft only cards are going to tank. You know, like if their price value is going to drop, because like there's people who have cubes, but like the ratio of cube designers versus cube drafters is pretty, like. You know, right. not what's very the, high. Like, what's the demand going to be for those cards? Yeah, so I'm probably going to hold off, even though I have, like, I think, sword credit. I think the regular editions are, are going to be mostly worthless. Yeah. Um, foil ones, maybe not. Maybe the, the foil yeah. ones of the rare ones. Yeah, like foil, World hey, Pollyano. Yeah, World Knit. Yeah. Oh, hello? Yeah. I'm here. Okay, sorry. I thought I disconnected again. Oh I was like, God, oh, I think you're trying to get rid of me. Keep saying. <laughs> get, oh, no. 
He's okay. saying, are you there? Are you there? No. It's there. Hello. Hello. So like, what is it? Like the rare ones are foil world knit. Um, cause a lot of them are marked as uncommon or common. What's the other yeah. rare one? Oh, uh, backup plan. The two starting hands. That's also a rare one as well. Yeah. I'm wondering how the foil robots, I'm guessing all of these are probably going to look great in foil. Yeah, foil Pollyanna is oh. going to look awesome, I think. Yeah. Oh, there's Vidalcan Ori in this set too. Oh yeah. Isn't that worth a good amount? Yeah. Foil ones will be nice to that one. Yeah. Yeah. So there, this is a, this is a cool set. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys will, will get out and draft it and have fun with it. And, and you know, and here's the thing. And, and I, this is kind of like my big, my big concern with this. You know, there's, there's lots of talk of, oh, well, you know, these cards are going to cause like a logistical headache and blah, blah, blah. Just do whatever you think is fun. If it's fun for you guys to change up the draft once in a while, add these things in there and try them where you do like the different draft interactions. Um, or, or maybe, you know, Hey, I'm going to start with two starting hands, but you always get to go first. Let's see which one's better. You know, maybe do it like where you can draft them, you know, Vanguard style or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you guys find fun. That's the most important thing. If, if yeah. it's going to be too much, if, if you're going to, you know, have too much angst about, Oh, I don't know if I can remember my, my cards or my colors for Pollyano or, I have a lot of new drafters and it's hard enough for them to draft, you know, and keep track of what they're doing without adding layers of complexity, then leave them out, you know, and just, you know, what's best for your play group. You know, for mm-hmm. me, I would like to have as many ways to make things more fun as possible, as many different tools, much like, you know, being a teacher, I have to have, you know, 20 different ways to say the same thing. So that way I can get it across to every student. And eventually I'm going to have to find a 21st way I want as many different ways as possible to make cube drafting fun for people. And I think this is a, a, another way to do that. I think one thing which I was worried about was how much of an impact it would be. And I think that's kind of like you were saying too, is if you're worried about the potential like logistics, I would try it first and then see how it ends up being. Cause there are people that were similar kind of worries with the dual face cards. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this is going to really do a lot. This is going to, right. you know, be really annoying, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, just try it out. And then if not, then okay. Right. Then it's a non-issue. Yeah. But, you know, whichever. Like, if I draft, if I do a cube draft with somebody and they have conspiracy cards, I'm not going to, you know, go nuts whoa, or something. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Yeah. I would. Pr- it would probably be nice if I knew, just so I could, like, say, draft on world knit or something. But, you know... If, if I, if there are, I mean, it's one, I guess it's another question for people to ask when they, like, learn about somebody's cube is like, you know, hey, is it powered? You know, what archetypes are supported? And now it's just like, conspiracy do you have conspiracy no. cards? Well, it's yeah, like uncards, right? Yeah. It's like, you have uncards, you have conspiracy cards, which conspiracy cards do you have? And that's really the thing, I think. But, yeah, regarding the cards, I mean, the cards themselves, it's like, give them a try. And if you don't like them, that's fine. If you don't want to try it, you know, that's fine. I mean, we've been drafting, cube drafting for however many years without conspiracy cards. Right. I'm sure it'll continue yeah. just fine without them. Or maybe you yeah. want to try something new and mix it up a little bit. And maybe it's fun once a month when you draft, you add them. Or twice a month. Or once every mm-hmm. other month. Or only when, you know, Grandma Moses visits who actually enjoys magic quite a bit and she wants to be challenged. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You know, whatever it is, though, find what's fun for your playgroup and do it. It's very simple. Yep. So. 
So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. So uh, plugs. Antony42 on uh, Twitter, A-N-T-K-N-E-E. Writing is found over at uh, legitmtg.com. Um, and I'm Antony42 pretty much everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I am Usman the Rad on Twitter. And I do cube stuff for gatheringmagic.com. Yep. And, yeah, I'm going to have a review of this set, you know, Sometime, I don't know when, probably like later this week. Yeah, same. It's been kind of, it's been kind of a busy week. You know, a lot of stuff all happening at once. And it's like, oh, I'm like, I know I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And it's like, well, get this stuff out. But, right. overall synopsis is like, this, uh, set is sweet. Yeah, agreed. And, uh, I'd rather be cubing. At least we'll have the cracker packs up there. But, you know, we'll do that. I'll have a link to cube, the cube vault sites. Um, and, yeah, I think that's about it. Sweet. Well, I guess there's uh I guess there's I guess there's one more thing. Right. There is one last thing to do. That's true. Rock over London, rock on Chicago. Conspiracy. Pick plot play. <laughs> Have a great time, everybody. Yeah. Have fun conspiracy drafting. Don't lose. Don't don't, don't run don't run afoul of those Italians. <laughs> hey my Meatball. Hey, Paisano. Hey, Pagliano. <laughs> Me and Muzio are hanging out, having a pie. Come over and have some. I like it. Who else is there? Ah, Marquez is hanging out. You know her. She's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who else is there? Ah, Grenzo was here a little while ago. But he had some stuff to take care of. He said he had to go meet Brago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, the, the names really are uh, Italian-sounding. They are, yeah. I mean, like, in Zendikar, they had, like, Hindi names and stuff. Like, Chandra's a Hindi name. Uh, Taj, you know, like, Tajaru and Dude, stuff like that. they had all these Japanese-sounding names in Kamigawa. Whoa, coincidence. <laughs> that, was, that was surely a coincidence there. Dude, they have all these Greek-sounding names in Theros. I'm offended. Whoa. I'm offended they must have had really... Three. Even the Heartless Hidetsugu is in this uh, name. Hidetsugu. Not, not so uh, Italian-sounding. Yeah, plain shifted. Even originally came from, uh, you know... Kamigawa. He was plane shifted. Right. <laughs> Clearly plane shifted. Same thing with what's her what's her nose? Phage. Phage? Oh yeah. Got some Otarian flavor. Mm-hmm. O- Otarian flavor. What does that Otarian flavor exactly taste like? Uh chips. Oh like like <laughs> like British chips or like American chips? <laughs> it's both. Okay, fair enough. Split. Because I'm like fish and chips or like potato chips. Poker chip? Uh, I, don't I don't know. That's way too much flavor. That's, that's likely true. Man, I think those are all the, uh, custody. Hey, custody. When I saw that, I found like custody and I'm like, I'm like is this like custodian? a janitor? I was like, is this a janitor or something? <laughs> a flying janitor? A flying janitor? Is that what people <laughs> thought witches were originally? I guess so. They're on their brooms? <laughs> flying chip. <laughs> Cauldron, the cauldron right. is actually just a mop bucket. Right, it's one of those things you know. It's got the little handle you pull, and it like squeezes the uh, squeezes the mop. That's what it was. <laughs> All right. On that note, yeah. <laughs> see you guys next time. Right. Peace out. <laughs>